What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, Episode 7. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Greg Miller. Yeah. I feel like San Francisco is turning me into an alcoholic. Whoa, okay. People, Hear me people like to drink in this city. Yeah, we do. I went to Nick's comedy thing last night. He had a comedy show. Sure. Uh, it was called Stay Silly at Cobb's Comedy Club. Uh-huh. Went there, ordered a drink. It was me, it was Yusef, it was quite a few people. We were mm-hmm. hanging out, ordered a drink. And I had a Moscow meal. Sure. It was great. And then toward the end of the show, the our waitress came back and was like, hey, there's a two-drink minimum. And we were like, well, we got two drinks. It's me and another person. We both got a drink. No, that's and not how like, No, kids. it's a two-drink minimum per person. You adorable <laughs> children. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, I feel like ever since I've come here, it's been nonstop. Yeah? Yeah. We're a, uh, San Francisco's a party city, bless. You have to understand that. Not okay. like the store. It's not the store a party city. It's like a, a city that loves to party. See, I'm, party coming city, from, I'm, not I'm, I'm coming from Seattle, which is a city that loves beer yeah. and loves alcohol. Right. But San Francisco, I feel like, is on another level. Yeah, no, because uh, here's how I'll describe it. I always describe San Francisco in, in one way. It's Neverland. So many oh. people here, and when we were at IGN, right, you would just go out and party week after week because you were all in the same age bracket. You all had mm-hmm. the same responsibilities. You all loved hanging out. You go to an event. You afterwards go get dinner. You go get drunk or whatever. Somebody's doing a show. Somebody's playing a band. You just want to go out. Somebody's visiting. Somebody's, uh, there's always a reason to party in San Francisco. Yeah. You have to find the reasons not, not to, party to party and or okay. just lean into it. And I'll tell you, the usual reason not to party is I'm broke. If you, if you don't want to go out ever, just tell people, can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, ah, oh, gotcha. No that's problem. The thing, okay, Talk that's the later. thing I need to learn. Yeah. Because also it's expensive. Like these drinks cost a lot. And I had a, I had a friend that was going to come into San Francisco tonight to hang out. And I, and they hit me up and they were like, actually, I'm going to fly back home because I'm, I'm under the, the weather. They're hanging out in LA, yeah. going to Disney and all that good stuff. And they were like, oh yeah, I'm not going to make it to SF. And I was re- reading it. And part of me was sad because I don't get to hang out with my friend. Mm-hmm. The other part of me was like, Thank God, <laughs> I get to just totally. hang at home. Actually, play some video. Games. Play some video games. Yeah, yeah hang yeah. out. And so I, I'm, I'm gonna do that more often. I'm gonna take that advice. I'm gonna say. I understand. No. It's a hard balance. You it know is. what I mean? You'll find it though. Now, I, as I say that, I remember GDC's in like two weeks. Oh, no. The entire video game industry is here. You will be expected to drink your face off every night. Okay. If you aren't closing out GDC at the W, you're screwing up. All right. All Looking right? forward to. It. I'll plan on it. All right. Good. Now, how about we plan on talking about some PlayStation stuff, like our dreams review and other dreams reviews, the cost to make a PlayStation Five, and so much more? Because this is PSI Love You. XOXO. Each and every week on a variety of platforms, we come to you with the nerdy PlayStation news you need to know about. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can be part of the show there. You can get the show ad-free. You can enjoy the show so early, like so many people watching us record it live right now are. Plus your bucks just say, hey, good job making the show. But more importantly, of course, you can write in. Uh, again, I'm still flabbergasted. When we started in January, you know, obviously such an influx on the anniversary, so many people being a part of it, we were inundated with questions for PSI Love You XOXO. Uh, now in February, obviously, people start moving their money around doing different things. Mm-hmm. Still, tons and tons of great questions. Thank you so much. Keep on going over there. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, no big deal. You can get the show on YouTube.com slash Games. Rooster Teeth and podcast services around... The Globe, each and every Tuesday morning, bright and early. Housekeeping for you. Uh, here's something new for you. We're doing our first ever PS I Love You play date. Whoa. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Uh, if you didn't know, Firewall Zero Hour, PlayStation VR, free game for PlayStation Plus this month. Kevin and I were talking, mainly me actually talking to the developers of Firewall, but we were talking of like, what better way to get people to play one of Kevin and I's favorite games mm-hmm. on PlayStation VR than to say, hey, we'll play with you. Oh. So... Tuesday, the 25th of February, that's February 25th, Tuesday, at 6 p.m. Pacific time, uh, we're all going to be on there playing together. Uh, 
what I think is coming together right now, David uh, from Upload VR, who's mm-hmm. done kind of funny games daily, is going to play with us, and he's going to stream from his house and do the whole thing. So I think what we'll do is, I assume you're in. Yeah, you I'll got nothing to do. Yeah, you, except more, go drink some more, huh? <laughs> well, we weren't talking to you. Nobody's talking to you about anything, Siri. Um, the idea would be that I think he might, we might all party, party up. Kevin, you're in too. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You love Firewall. So Kevin, I, I also got to check my calendar. I don't know what plans I mean. You got nothing. I mean, who knows? Ah, ah who that's knows? what I say. Probably then me and David for sure, and then probably these two clowns uh, party up together, uh, start a stream over there, play with the people, and then just disperse into different groups and play random matches and play with that people. Sounds fun. And so all the uh, kind of funny best friends, all the PSI love you XOXO fans, come to play together. The Firewall devs said they're down to support us. They're going to get on and play together with us. We'll be there. David will be there. All sorts of people playing PlayStation how, VR. How can people get involved? Just um, It's going to be open public matches. Okay. So just you can watch the stream. The t- oh, the yeah, stream. Okay. You, if you wanted to, another cool thing to do, obviously, would be to, at home or on the subreddit or on the Facebook group or on the Discord or wherever you are, kind of funny best friend, is I would say make your own parties there. Come up with your own fire teams. That way you can go out and play other fire teams there and hopefully run into our fire teams. That sounds fun. See what I mean? Yeah. I got some ideas here. Oh. Don't you worry about it. I got things going on over here. Uh, remember, everybody, I already did all that. I need to reformat this thing because I still, this is still from, you know, the template when I didn't know how I was going to intro the show. Yeah. And I'm still working on it, but I just intro the show like every other show. So why do I bother putting the Patreon call out there? I feel you. Yeah, you understand. I understand. Uh, let's be kind to our Patreon producers, though. Uh, of course, these people were nice enough to support us at the Patreon producer tier level during that there January. It is James Davis, David Mindtel, the Mind Freak, Mohammed Mohammed, the Nanobiologist, Frankfurter, Thalia Floyd, uh, Jesus Barrio, James Hastings, Quaid Burnett, uh, Amon Martin, William A. Nance, uh, Billy Laporta, uh, Michael Bradley, Michael, or no, sorry, Robin Wyland, Tom Bach, Jordan Luke, Casey Kern, Luke Pattinson, we had this the one that got me before because I want to say Pattinson now because yeah. of the Batman. You know, but there's no him. end. No, there isn't. Uh, Julian Grutadaro. Uh, Julian. It's Julian. Max A. Blair. Cody B- uh, Banks. Hey, he was a detective or something, yeah. wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Um, Frankie Muniz. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Trent Berry. Uh, Jacob Plicky III. Uh, Thomas J. Meehan. Sancho West. Uh, Travis R- uh, Rehi. Uh, Joseph O. Youssef. Sean I. Evan May. Steven Insler. Elliot Koch. Or no, Koosh, right? That's where we're coming out with the Koosh balls. Remember that from yesterday, oh, last yeah. time too? You guys, Kevin, you remember Koosh balls? You weren't driving the show last week, right? No, it's Barrett. No, it's Barrett, right? You remember Koosh ball? You ever use a Koosh ball? Koosh ball. Is that one of those balls that like grow when you throw it? Well, like, not like the plastic ones. They had like the crazy like silicon fingers you don't, on them. You don't know what if you see it. Nobody knows what a koosh ball is by I name. Did. Once I you did. see an image, David David Koosh probably knows too. Once you see it, I by, think it's actually an, Koosh, an image, you'll know exactly what it is. Kevin. David Norridge, uh, Ben Wolf, Adam Bankhurst, Evan oh, Ballard, yeah, and I Keith A. Yeah, Lewis. See? Right? Yeah. Once you see it, you're like, oh, a koosh ball. Always tasted weird, you know. Oh, Wait, you tasted them? No, Kevin. God. <laughs> oh. Today we're brought to you by our sponsors, Upstart and Postmates. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, bless. Kick me off with those X's and O's. So, this is a different thing we're doing. Right. Where I'm leading the X's and O's now. Right. Because I, re- I requested this from you. Why'd you want to do that? Because I feel like, for uh, between the two of us, I feel like you're the PlayStation, like, not the historian, but you're the guy who, who's had years and years and years sure, of covering, covering PlayStation longest, yeah. and being in the ecosystem for, what, the last 10 years? 13? Okay, don't be insulting. Yeah, 13. <laughs> 13 I get yeah. 13, yeah. yeah. So, you've been, you've been in it a while. And for me, right, actually covering PlayStation, having PlayStation as my beat is a yeah. thing that I've been doing for the last month and a half. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely newer in this ecosystem. And I feel like 
for the X's and O's specifically when we're talking about like the ins and outs of PlayStation. I feel like you have you ha- you have more to say than I do a lot of the time, and and I feel like that. I feel like you start the conversation. Yeah, with the with the news, and then we go with, that way. Yeah, exactly. I like so I'm I also like you. And you said when you t- slacked me about it, it was that, and then the second one of like it's a callback to how Colin and I used to do the show. Yeah, yeah. That would actually kick around a second one. It's like, oh yeah, we did it. Yeah, like I missed that. Like the the back and forth of like you know me taking the reins, you taking the reins, mm-hmm. on whatever segment we're on. So X's and O's. I'm gonna start leading them. Okay, sounds good. We'll see sounds how it good. goes. We'll Let us know what you think of that because you all were very positive about X's and O's moving up to the front of the show. So thank you. So number one, we have. Dreams reviews coming mm-hmm. in, and this mm-hmm. is the thing we, we touched on a little bit on KFCD. I think it was me and Tim, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, back then, there were only 10 reviews on right. Metacritic. Now, I think there are about 30, yeah, right? We 24 have, or something like that, yeah. 34? 24. Oh, 24. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, right now, Dreams is sitting at a 90 on Metacritic. Uh, we have, let's see, IGN Simon Cardi scores it a 9. And this one I, I, I uh, referenced on KFGD. He says, it's a cliche, but Dreams really is something that needs to be played to fully grasp an understanding of. It's unlike anything else, an ambitious project that has been expertly brought to life by Media Molecule and an audacious experiment in game design that gives you endless ways to enjoy your time with it. The creation... The creation tool allows for ultimate expression despite there being a few controller-related challenges to work around. Never enough to deter... The vast range of experiences already on offer via dream surfing means that no two sessions playing it are ever the same, offering fresh ways to have fun every time you start it up and see what community creations have popped up while you've been away. Whether you just want to create, purely play, or get involved in a bit of everything, Dreams offers it all to you. This is one dream I urge you not to sleep on. Nah! Yeah. Good job. Uh, Destructoid, which is one that uh, wasn't there last time when we talked about this, Scores it a 9.5 and says there are questions about its about the future of Dreams regarding the PlayStation 5, VR, content ownership, and the ability to export. To say nothing of shorter term wish list items, I can only I can only speculate. What's here right now today is already brilliant. It launched later than expected, but Dreams is built to last. It should feel dull, but it isn't. Dreams doesn't feel like homework. Part of that is the uh, intuitive tools, and part of of that is on Media Molecule's community-centric approach. This isn't just, quote, just just another project for them, for the team. It's the culmination of everything worked towards since Little Big Planet. I don't think anyone but Media Molecule could have nailed Dreams. It's truly one of a kind. And then lastly, Push Square gives it a 10 and says, it may have taken the better part of a decade to make, but the arrival of dreams feels significant. It represents a whole new way for people to make things and share them with the world. Media Molecule has, has made a suite of tools that feels intuitive to use, but more than that, it's built a social platform where players can collaborate and explore the reimagination of others. It's a technical marvel, a creative miracle, and one of the most innovative games in years. High praise, Bless. Yeah, a lot of high praise. Yeah. How do you feel about 90 on Metacritic? Uh, I think so it's far. well deserved, yeah. right? Because I think now it's time for us to talk about our review, and I think yeah. that is such a nebulous thing, right? I know in, in Gamescast we've learned over the years, right? Uh, if we say it's a review, it carries a certain connotation with it. The problem being, I feel, is that Dreams is ever evolving. Yeah, it is an everlasting gobstopper of content, and it's different things to different people. Exactly. So I, you know, I, over the weekend we were talking about this. I do think this is our Dreams review. I do think mm-hmm. for this is not. The last time we're going to talk about dreams, no. I don't think, you know, we're, I think when we talk about dreams again and when we talk about outside of just what we're playing, like it's going to be very different in terms of what you're doing with it, what you've seen in it, how has it gone, what has it been updated to, blah, blah, blah. But I'm comfortable enough, I would say, calling this our dreams review and talking about what's happened. Because for me, I've been 
in absolute love and awe with this game since I got it. Uh, our review codes and everything went live on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, uh, we've I shipped off to Dice on Tuesday. I packed the, my spare PlayStation Four with me, and legitimately, if I wasn't rehearsing during the day for Dice Awards, mm-hmm. I was in the hotel room playing Dreams. Like Jen would get up and go out to her meetings or whatever, like 8 a.m. And I would sit there until whatever my first commitment was and be there. So I was playing like the old school IGN reviews days where I was just sitting at home playing, 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 yeah. playing, playing. What were you spending most of your time doing? Were you creating? Were you playing dreams? So it's it's what you talked about, right? Of mm-hmm. It's different to different people. And so it's been this amazing and different and incredible experience of ebbing and flowing where it is that you know i didn't touch art stream which was what i thought we which is the media molecule story mode right really to like day two or three where i was and i thought you would have told me ahead of time i was like well that's what i'm waiting for right yeah instead it was the idea of no i jumped in and then it was seeing other people's things and then it was what does the trophy list look like Mm -hmm. and then it was now i'm doing these tutorials for the trophies now i'm doing imp for the trophies Mm -hmm. all right now i'm tired out on the Imquest I'm, I've been working on, but I want to go try to t- create something. I want to go tinker. I want to go do this. Like uh-huh. The game is so brilliant in the way it nudges you towards things that instinctively, 12 hours later, I'd be in there and be like, all right, cool. I'm grabbing and moving. I'm doing this. I'm making this VO. I'm, and I was like, oh, like I'm no longer doing this for the trophy, and I'm not even really doing it for my level. The, uh, who was it up here? Was it Cardi who said it doesn't feel like homework? right? That it, yeah, Simon Cardi. Like... If you haven't played Dreams yet, which I urge you to do, like I urge you to pick it up and support this game and see what's out there, even if you just wanted to play, even if you just wanted to get your music into Dreams, there's so many amazing things. But it never feels like homework is such an awesome tip of the iceberg to a larger conversation of, I don't think, I'm thinking hard, that I've ever played a game like this, where like when I sit down to play Dreams, I open my laptop and go to indreams.me which is the yeah. site that has your profile on it and has everything, and you can you can launch levels from it straight to your yeah. PlayStation 4. I love 4. that there's a button on there that is just like add to play yep. later. Say live later, do yeah. all that stuff. And when I'm in there and I'm – there would be so many times where I'd be playing dreams in quotes, right, but I hadn't touched the game in 45 minutes because I'd gone down the rabbit hole of injury. I'd started something, seen a creator I liked – Brought the creator because when you're playing in dreams, it shows you a live feed of what you're playing. So mm-hmm. it's right, right, right there, right? Like even right now, we're gonna, you know eventually kick to this PlayStation Four to show something. Like when you click on my profile up there, my activity, my tools and stuff, it shows it right there of what I'm doing in the home space or where, what level I'm on. So you can click on the creator and see what they created and see how you did it. See the genealogy. Start connecting all these things. And I, in the same way I talked about last year, how much I loved telling lies because telling lies was a different way of playing a game. Right? You familiar with this? Yeah. Where you know telling lives, uh, lies is the you know the one where you're watching video files, you're scrubbing through it, you're finding keywords yeah. and going through. What's it? The successor to ah, dude, I was, I was, I was reaching for it too. Her yeah. story, her, her story, story. Yeah. Uh, the sequel to her story, and her story we played as a let's play, and that's a terrible way to play it. Mm-hmm. Telling lies, I played with a cup of coffee and a sweatshirt while Jen did something on the couch behind me, and I had a notebook and I wrote all this stuff down. Dreams is like that it's it's i don't know how it was for you but when i went to college right and started taking journalism classes Mm. that never felt like i was in class it never felt like homework i was excited to be there listen to it read the books do whatever it was and so for me every time i turn on dreams i open the laptop and go there and it's this dual screen experience it is this experience too of i like this like i'm i have my idea finally for what i want to do in dreams right Uh it came to me as i started playing 
And as I got serious about it and started honing in on it, it's now that, all right, cool, here's the Excel sheet where I'm writing out all the VO I want for it that I need to go through and name and have the file names and be super, like everything I've seen when I've recorded VO for something else. But going through and seeing other people's and being like, okay, this person uh, makes amazing puppet heads. That's, that's what I want. I need a head with a mouth that moves, right? And so cold, uh, cold tweeting them. Just out of the blue and being like, hey, my name's Greg. I'm thinking about doing this. Would you be interested in collaborating? Getting that DM from talking to them. Mm -hmm. Then having the conversations of other people who saw it and are like, what are you doing? And I'm telling, pitching them the idea privately. They're like, I think you should work with this person. Da, 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 da. Oh, and man. how the reality, uh, the dream has become, uh, my dream of what I talked about before has become the reality right here. Where yeah. it is this idea of, cool, I have this idea and I don't have the enjoyment factor other people do in actually going through and learning and creating that way. And I'll never be able to make it as good as I know this person does. Yeah. So how about we collaborate? How about I, and not in an ego way, but I'm game director, right? Like I'm directing what it is, but you are animations and you are this and yeah. I'll be VO and like, it's working. It's actually happening. And since everybody is <laughs> using this thing right now in such a collaborative, awesome way, this community, like I, we already knew how amazing it was. I'd already talked about what I had seen from GDC stuff from five years ago of what the Dreams community was like, and then what we saw in early access. Yeah. To now be in it and talking, and the people who are following me or making a comment to me or tweeting me when they notice that I followed them, like holy shit, I've been listening to this since Beyond for like seven years or whatever. Like this is insane. Like mm. it is such a crazy close knit community that feels close-knit because of the game but because of the tools in it and because of the way everything syncs up online and because they're yeah. totally down for you to Dude, promote yourself it's such a a positive game like even when you go in and you look at the comments that people make on each of the totally. creations right people are very much encouraging of like oh yeah like i can see the direction you're going you're, you're going in like keep pushing or like oh yeah this looks like it has potential or, yeah oh yeah like this the, this is a great start or like you know this is a wonderful like a wonderful thing i feel like i see some sort of on each on each different dream right something that is constructive in a way that is pushing you forward like yep. i don't necessarily see any comments that are like oh this is trash unless it's, unless it's something that's like really bad then people will be like all right, come on, guys. <laughs> and, and I know that's, and I know I think for so many people who are just joining, what a media molecule game is. Maybe a little big planet passed yeah. you by. It was everything. Maybe you're just into PlayStation now. Like, there's always been that conversation of, man, isn't it always going to be dicks? Isn't it always going to be this horrible stuff? Isn't yeah. it? And I've only had when I was over the weekend playing and on in uh, on in, uh, in dreams .me, had one surface of like, here's a trending dream, and mm. it was a uh, dick. No, no, it no. was uh, Yoda. Yoda does a terrorist attack, mm -hmm. and it was something stupid somebody made where it was two twin towers looking building and an airplane. Mm -hmm. You put Yoda in, and then you it flew towards there automatically. Uh -huh. And it was totally broken. It didn't even work, and the plane never even made it to the fucking. <laughs> Wait, buildings. you played it? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah I want to see <laughs> how bad. See well, I also wasn't sure if I could report it without playing it. Oh, so I gotcha. I did it and then reported it, and then Itch. I got. Yeah, you goddamn right. I'm a snitch. I'm not like cool Greg over there. All right, I'll do what I want. I'm gonna keep dreams safe, Kevin. You want to be over there selling crack cocaine in dreams? I won't have it. I won't have it. But it was, you know, by the time I woke up in the morning, a message from PlayStation like, hey, thanks for reporting that. It's down. Mm -hmm. Like, they're okay. on top of actually curating it and keeping it going. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. What's your experience, bud? So, like, I've been playing Dreams since early access, right? I've been in and out. And so this week has been an interesting thing for me of, all right, now that it's actually out, out, what's different? And the answer is, like, from the from the playing perspective, because I'm not, I'm not really... 
looking forward to creating things in dreams necessarily yeah. like if i end up creating things then i will but so far like that's not necessarily the thing i want to do Your jam, yeah. yeah my jam like that seems like it, it'll, it'll take such a, a time sink and such an effort and such a level of creativity that i don't feel like i am i'm necessarily willing to put in that i'm just i'm playing dreams and that's kind of the way, the way i'm going about it right i'm playing people's creations and dreams and so i, I kind of went in went into the game with that perspective of let's see what people have made and or let's see like if anything's really different and like it's not that different at launch than it was in early access these final few weeks of early access right yeah we start, you had already been in a lot it's where i was trying so hard not to get into it but i was yeah. getting into it because i wanted to see stuff it's also one of those things where like I, there was something because I, I but aside from our stream that we did with um media molecule, media molecule yeah. right like i hadn't really jumped in recently recently and so i was looking through the menus and i was like okay were these menus like, did they change these in early access as far as, like, the way they categorize things yeah, yeah. from, like, you know, picks by Media Molecule, trending dreams, uh, dreams of all time. Like, the, the ways in which they categorize things now are, are, are a lot cleaner uh, and a lot smarter, I think. Uh, and so I, I really like that. For me, the big takeaway that I have is actually playing Art's Dream, which oh, is, yeah. like, the, the campaign that Media Molecule has made. Yeah. Which you said you played it, right? Yep, I'm done now, yeah. Dude, I played that thing, and I was, like blown away <laughs> like i was very impressed because over the last year right playing early the over the early access period it's been a thing of seeing people's dreams develop and get better and get more detailed and get more cool like you know there there are a lot of smaller game experiences like smaller complete game experiences that people have made sure. you know that seems cool and complete and fun to play but i feel like for a lot of a lot of people's visions that are thrown out there and that are um, that you can kind of see at work in dreams. There are a lot of there are a lot of dreams that feel like okay, we're we're halfway through this, or we are this is a work in progress yep. because we're building towards something, right? And the exciting thing for me is okay, cool, I get to like kind of see people get better and see people pe people grow, and I feel like a lot of dreams are going to take maybe like a year oh, or totally. two years or time to develop and actually be great and it's been a fun journey kind of seeing as time goes things get better and better and better art's dream i feel like is an example of hey we put in like a all, like a lot of resources and a lot of time into making this a complete two-hour experience and like it hits on multiple levels like playing art's dream by itself it feels like a like a great game despite it being in dreams like if, i feel like it's an example of like the the power of the tools in dreams. Art's dream, right, is very much I feel the banner from Media Molecule, and not in a negative way, but in a real way of think bigger. It's oh, what yeah. you're talking about. There are so many great little levels, little things, little vignettes, right? And Art's dream, like I tweeted the end screenshot afterwards, where it's like, hey, thank you so much for playing this. You know, we hope you insp we inspired you to create something, right? Yeah. And it was 100% that for me, where. I had already tinkered around with so many different little dreams and things. They're like, okay, I see the I see the idea for a game here. Or you are playing something that is WIP, and mm -hmm. you know they're going to come in and change stuff. You're just seeing what a model looks like or whatever. To play Art's Dreams and then, you know, to be able to step out of it and go over and see what the actual layout was and like, oh, this was its own animated scene, right, yeah. that then connects to this real level and see how they looped it together. You start wrapping your head around, mm -hmm. oh, so like my – intro screen would look like this but then it would connect to this is the level which would then connect you know yeah. there'd be all these different things to it and 
Artstream again, and so if you don't know, Artstream is is basically the me- media molecule single player. Yeah, like the uh, campaign. Yeah, but it, and that's the thing that kind of interested me is that I was expecting to start the game on the day of launch yeah. and for the game to go directly into it, or for it to be like a separate item. Yeah. But it's not. Like it's in like the dreams menu, like yep, dreams. Like everything else, right? Yeah, yeah. like every it's in there, like everything else. And so I had to I had to actually Google and be like, hey, like is there a campaign in this? And Artstream popped up. And when I when I looked in the game, I was like, oh, okay. They they it's front and center in the yeah. dream surf. It's like the top bar yeah it was one of those things where i didn't even like i i, I was expecting something bigger i was expecting mm. like a little big planet like okay yeah here's all your different levels or yep. here's like a full campaign but no it's just like a two hour you know small experience and I, small experience feels weird to say because it doesn't even feel like a small experience the thing the, the what i you i was getting there uh, a little bit ago when you were talking it's cute in my head right yeah it is a great indie game inside this triple A yeah. Sony first party game where it is like here is something incredibly artistic, incredibly personal, right? So yeah. Art's dream is that Art was in a band and he left the band in a fight and now he's dealing with that and he's dealing with that by going through some of his past. And it like yeah. if you've seen or heard any of the coverage of dreams from any of the many PSXs or GDCs or E3s, this is the collection of all those things so yeah. that like the kitty woman with the mallet and mm, like uh, the robot platformer guy that exactly looks, looks like astrobot exactly right, right. And, like the artistic the, being in the train station as art the guy who's like in a suit with a hat yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where when i read the name art's dream and i was like come on guys <laughs> <laughs> really art's dream is that what we're gonna call this thing that's like like the corniest like you know beat your head over like oh yeah art dream nailed art's it. dream art's dream right, crushed sweet, it right and like playing it and like the main character being named art right in the game actually is like taking place like within his dreams right? yeah. as he's battling with um with like uh what you call it like doubt his past doubt i was gonna say writer's block but more, more so like creative block yeah. and all these things right by the time i finished that i was like this was that was an experience and in a way that you know it hit deep in a way that I don't really expect games to hit deep, right? Yeah. Like when I think of games that hit deep for me, I think of Gone Home yeah. or Inside or like Hellblade or there's there, Celeste, right? There are certain ways that I expect video games to hit deep when they hit deep. You know, like I expect them to like, uh, you know, commentate directly on uh, depression or like be more so like or doing like a walking sim sort of way where you're picking up notes. But Art's Dream is like this quirky adventure game mixed with two different platformers and yeah. at a certain point like a twin stick shooter like yeah. it it melds all these different genres but also quirky art styles and fun ideas together in order to make a story that is actually meaningful in a way where i was like i'm like i'm i'm taken aback like yeah. I, I can't believe I, I can't believe they pulled this off in a way that feels genuine in a way that 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 that's actually hit for me and that was part of my thing where i think i delayed on playing it because i wanted to see all the new stuff and i'm like i've kind of seen art streams i didn't realize mm-hmm. at the time for a long time we didn't know we were but we had seen it and so jumping in i was kind of like yeah i know it's gonna be the mallet character it's gonna be this it's gonna be that yeah and then that game so quickly starts doing things i've never seen before in yeah. dreams right where it's like the musical numbers oh my god that are fucking outrageously good mm-hmm. and animated and collect the prize puzzle, puzzle uh, bubbles during them yeah and then yeah like the robot and the platforming and the figuring out how to get from a to z it was like holy crap and the way it wraps up like yep. i don't want to spoil anything but me neither like, like the last like let me say five minutes of art stream super impactful yeah. in a way that i was not expecting yeah. and it was one of those things where i finished it like i let it kind of resonate a bit or 
uh, and like kind of thought about it and I was just like, yeah, that was like such a great experience. And the crazy part about it to me is people are going to make something better than that. Like yep. in dreams, yep. right? Like those tools are all like they made Artstream using tools specifically like in dreams. Yeah. Everything right? they've, they've made of Media Milk is made is inside of dreams. Yeah. So. yeah. And all of those tools are accessible for anybody to use, right? right? And I can easily see people coming through and creating like their own two-hour campaigns yep. or like you know an hour-long campaign or three-hour, four-hour, however however, want, however long you want to make it, right? That are using these different creative tools and putting together things that are, you know, in essence like meaningful and artistic and, and creative personal, right? and yeah. personal, right? Like all these tools are, are available to people, and I feel like they do a good job of, you know, pushing people to go the quirky route as opposed to the traditional route of game development yeah right i feel like we have we all have an have an idea of of what a platformer is supposed to be or what a what an adventure game is supposed to be or the tone that certain games are supposed to be right whereas like the tools they have in dreams right like dreams has a style that that it goes for yep it's dreamy which is airy dreamy colorful colorful kind of kind of thing that it has there but i feel like there there i feel like the the potential of what they've put out there is so big right i i, I want to use the word limitless and i guess i i, I will use the word I think limitless it's fair, man. in essence right like it, it it is limitless like you can do crazy crazy amounts of things with it as i talked about you know screen, share, sharing the screenshot of it we hope we inspired you thing right like it was i got that my second time around because it all happened and i sat there just like you slack jawed like taking it all in of what happened and like pretty much as soon as it ended jen walked in the room and i was like hold on and sure enough you know i went back to the final like the end credits of art's dreams yeah and i'm like this is just credits watch this mm. and she sat there and watched it with me she's like how did they do this yeah and like that is what is so amazing about this platform is that it, you it you ask it that those questions and then like uh, I, you know i went and found an ecto one that was light up and had the sirens and stuff and i was like oh i want to remix this just to get the trophy as mm. this is how, you know, what's motivating me on all these imp quests and everything else and I brought it in and did it. And then it was like that thing of like when I was in edit mode and remixing it, I could see all the wires going to, you know, the buttons that make it all happen. And it was like, well, hold on a second. How did they do this? Yeah. And then I was like, I went up to the thing and I searched for Ghostbusters Firehouse and found one and put it behind it. And then I started like building a street. And I, I just puttered around for like 45 minutes yeah. doing this thing. And then I, then I noticed that I had filled in the thermometer too much because it was really two ecto ones. So there was already a lot going on. Mm. And I was like, cool. And just bounced, deleted it. And it's like. I feel like on so many levels, if I was to putter around in Assassin's Creed, uh, you know what I mean, and I'm playing for an hour and a half, and then at the end I just quit and I lost all my progress on it, mm -hmm. I'd be like, that sucks, blah, blah, blah. But back to this being homework that's not homework, it's this, uh, you can't hold it, but I know I'm gaining experience yeah. and I'm doing the thing. And like, you know, to sit there and challenge myself, I uploaded some VO for some folks, and to go in there and be like, how do I do this? You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, I just want to figure it out and I'm fucking around with it. And I'm doing it and doing it. It was that thing of like, I had the files on my computer and I know I had known from GDC's years ago, they had told me you'd be able to get that off. And I'm like, how do you do that? And I Google around and it's like, well, you take the, you have to take a male connector cord and a male mm -hmm. connector cord and put it into your PlayStation controller. It'll think it's the audio. It'll think it's a microphone uh -huh. and then put it in your headphone jack. And I was like, fuck, this is awesome. Yeah. And so I sat there for an entire, you know, whatever, a, a night there putting the audio in and like okay wait the headphone vol the mic volume on the controller is turned up really high so i got to turn that down balancing all these different audios to get the file in there to have the file to then export privately and invite collaborators have all that happen it was just like mm -hmm. it is this learning curve and i'm talking about to your point is different to everybody Jeez. 
Why are you doing this, Siri? I'm not talking to you at all. It is, I'll put on D&D. It is this idea, right, that you're... I'm I'm very much driven towards this VO uh-huh. and this uh, level I'm thinking, or I guess platform or whatever you want, creation. Yeah. And, you know, I look at Mitch Dyer, uh, you know, former IGN guy, my friend who's up in Montreal now making games, and he's been only tinkering in sculptures. And okay. it's like that thing of like, oh, yeah, I, I haven't even started. I haven't mm-hmm. even started looking into that, and I know there's an inquest for it, but like that, the painting, the actual building, like I've spent since Tuesday – with the exception of yesterday, because I played Mosaic, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But that's all I've played, and it has been all-encompassing. Yeah. Uh, and it is that thing of, cool, I'm a little tired of doing this. Stop, jump out. I'm going to jump into this. I'm going to jump into that. People are recommending. They're sending me their levels, right? They're doing all these different things. I'm going to jump in and look at that. I'm going to friends that, oh, they said that, blah, blah. And then I'm like, well, now I want to go back and do another thing. I want to go find Yeah, this. I mean, to speak to that, right, like the, the idea of I'm going to go in and, and sculpt or I'm going to go in and do this one thing, right, and make progress on that and collaborate with other people. You know, I've been talking about how I've, I'm not going to create things, right, because that's not my bag. I The other day I went in. And I did some of the tutorials with the idea that I just want to see what the music creation tools look yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I like I like uh, messing around and making music in FL Studio, right, which is a program on PC. And I kind of just wanted to see, like, okay, how easy is it to do? Because, like, making music, you know, you kind of want it to be tactile. You kind of want, uh, like, I, I feel like the most controls of Dreams, right, I, I, don't, I couldn't imagine uh, using a controller to make music. I go into dreams. I go. I I do some of the tutorials that like teach you all these things because you had to like go through a certain amount of you know. Here's how you zoom in. Here's how you pan. Here's how you uh, clone objects. All this stuff before you can actually access yeah. like the dream shaping. So I did that, uh, and then I like at a certain point once it allowed me to get there, I just like skipped through a bunch of tutorials, which I shouldn't have done because <laughs> they're there for a reason. Like, but I was just like, what am I doing? Yeah, but I was like, I'm smart. I just want to see <laughs> what the the music creation tools look like, and I finally get there, and I finally like. It takes quite a bit of tinkering around because I skip the tutorials. And so I, I get in the menus and I'm like, all right, where's the, okay, cool, uh, sound shaping. All right, cool, that's what I need. And I get in there and I'm like, all right, so, oh, there's a sound library. All right, cool. And I get into the sound library. I'm like, oh, these are a lot of great sounds. Okay, cool. I'm going to take this one and I'm going to, I guess I'm going to place it in this 3D, 3D space. All right, what does that do? And then I click it. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can bring this up. There's, a, oh, there's a sequencer in here. Yeah. And then I look, I go back to the sound li- library, drag a sound, put it in the se- in the sequencer in a way that feels intuitive for somebody who didn't use use the or didn't uh, watch the tutorial or didn't yeah. go through the tutorial. Granted, at a certain point, I was stopped because I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Totally. But it was one of those things, right? Where I do that, put it, I mess around with the sequencer. I then go into like um, a lot of. A lot of music applications, like uh, music creation applications, have like a, a live play mode where you can like essentially perform live using the samples that you have. And so I, I, I go into that, surprised that it's there. I was like, oh, cool, they have this. And I just tinkered with the sound I have for a good like five minutes. And I had a blast just like doing like the live performing mode because the way it works, right, is that each of your buttons will correlate to a different like um, effect for that sound, right? And yeah. so like you then use. Man, I wish I, I wish I thought about this earlier because I would have pulled this up on the TV because it's really fun. You you have is your save on the save on the what you call cloud? I don't know if I don't know if I saved the I didn't save the creation though. Because oh okay. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's definitely not there. But basically, what what it was was there's vi- visually like think of like a circle, like a Venn diagram sort of thing, right? But there's four sections. There's the bottom section, the right section, the left section, and the up section. Right, and so using motion controls, I move my imp from section to section while pressing like the D-pad buttons and pressing the face buttons, and that then will. And I'm actually, I'm actually not positive about the face 
space or the face buttons, but the the D-pad buttons for sure. Those then correlate to different commands, right? And so this, the D-pad buttons might be like a different sound, but yeah. then like using the motion, I move to a different area of the Venn diagram, and that then um, triggers a different effect, right? And for five minutes, I was tinkering around with it, like essentially creating live music. <coughs> for myself just to play around with and have fun with yeah. and it was a great time it was one of those things where you know once again i don't really have big ambitions of creating things in dreams because i just like playing things i like the laid-back experience of just single people who create it because that's that's what's fun to me but i will probably go back at, at a certain point and make music and that's the thing about it that i think is so fascinating about what they've built here and again where i think it reaches so far beyond what we consider a normal game where it is I'm still playing in quotes the game when I'm on my computer writing dialogue, right? Yeah. When I'm drawing little mock-up storyboards, I still feel like I'm playing the game. Right? When I'm talking to somebody and I'm communicating with them, all that for collaboration aside, when I'm in the create tool, just puttering, not doing anything in particular, just seeing what it can do and where it can go and what I want to do. Like, I don't, this sounds so stupid, I'm sure, because there's people who are artists and everything else, but like, I can't remember the last time I sat down with just a pen and paper. I was like, I'm going to draw right now. Yeah. I would never do that, right? I just don't I don't think that way, but I do want to do something like that in Dreams. Yeah, and I maybe I make the tree good enough that I want to upload it as a tree that you should use. Yeah, I feel like Dreams inspires creativity so much. Totally. It's so, it's, it's so weird how, like, yeah, you mentioned, like, I don't just pick up paper and draw, right? Yeah. And, like, for me, now and, then, now and then I'll open up an application and make music, right? But, like, for a lot of people, you know, people don't just, like, try and make games out of nowhere. But yeah. Dreams... You know, like not only just having access to it, but getting into it and seeing the ways in which it tries to pull you in to do things, and how like when you're playing other people's stuff, the gene genealogy thing is so smart because you can then see like certain parts of like how things are created and how things can come together easier than you would expect. You know, I feel like it inspires creativity so much. Yeah. Uh, and so far, like I'm really enjoying my time with dreams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for you, what's some of the best stuff you've seen? I mean, should we get into blessing your dreams? The, oh, the sure. Segment? Do we have them? Oh, yeah. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, run the graphic. So, of course, Blessing Your Dreams is a segment I made on, I want to say, episode two or three of PSLVXOXO, where I pull out some of the dreams that I've been playing and that I've been having a, a, a good time with. And for some, I'll, I'll put out a blessing seal of approval. For some, they might not get it. But oh, wow. They're okay. Still, they're still, they'll still be good, though. Okay. You know, I, I, the blessing seal of approval means quality. Oh, does it? Oh, my apologies, every Wow, okay. Quality with a capital T. That's in the middle of the word. All right. So, the first one, <laughs> the first one I want to point out is Omicart. By Man Chicken Turtle. You brought YouTube videos, right, Kev? Can we pull those up? Yeah, can we pull up? Sorry, sorry. No, yeah, no, yeah, you're yeah. fine, no buddy. Worries, no worries. Oh, um, yes. Um, I've played Omni. You, you played it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was dream surfing left and right, oh, buddy. Oh, man. And you, you probably played actually all the ones because I, I pulled up some like mainstream dreams Gr here. I, Grid Slice, I don't know if I did play. It's the it's a media molecule pick of the week. Oh, I haven't played it yet. if you want to go on there. But so Omicart, I'll start off with right the game in game info right the description is join Ami and his friends Artio, Stanley, and Frederick Fox as they drift and race their carts around Starfish Island. Try to beat your own time whilst dodging ducks and taking tight turns. So what Omicart is is it's best it's basically just a kart race. Right? Yeah, it's a good one. It's like Diddy Kong Racing, and it's just one level. It's just one race. You can choose your character. These characters were made by different people, as I understand, because if you go if you go to a character like under it it'll say by mm. playing right if it's, yeah, yeah. i don't know if they're gonna scroll to the other character but if they do it'll say by whoever right uh you race on starfish island and it runs like very well it's really fun has fun music uh it reminds me a lot of diddy kong racing without the different vehicles that diddy kong racing has sure. like you know it has the personality has the the items like the item pickups look like mario kart specifically 
but you know you can drift you can do all that all that great stuff and yeah like i really had a, had fun with it it's not gonna get the blessing seal approval because oh it uh, i'm gonna wait for it to get to like four levels yeah right but that was my <laughs> thing with it too where it's it's what we're talking about with the art dream bigger kind of thing right yeah where i played it and i was like wow this works and this is cool and you have power-ups and you have the thing but it was all right cool like it went on a little long you know yeah. i hate when you're in a car race and you're like oh man i'm only in the middle lap too yeah. all right cool like this needs to i thought this would go quicker yeah <laughs> when i finished out, i was like oh that's it um but still like a quality creation like it's it, it's mind-blowing that people can create like even if it is just one level create like that thing in dreams create, yeah like a full what feels like a full thing um next up is grid slice grid which is slice. actually i believe I, I forget if they call it pick of the week but it's media molecules like, of the selection of the week we're in a new week now so it might have been last week but sure Essentially what it is, actually let me, let me open up their in dreams.me page. So the description here reads, Grid Slice is a 2D arcade game where you aim for the highest score by slicing through blocks. Features a, a 12 level arcade mode across three different stages with handcrafted spawn patterns, an endless mode, four block types with unique behaviors. And so basically there are like three different, uh, like I guess levels if you want to call them that stages they can choose from, right? Where is it? There's this cross stage, there's like an, uh, there's one after this and then there's a third one. And it's, say, it's saying here four block types with unique behavior. Oh, no, those, those are the blocks. Um, 12 level arcade modes. Yeah, three different stages. Okay, so basically what you do, right? You're this red blip in the middle. Yeah. And what will happen is blocks, think like um, Beat Saber. Beat Saber blocks are going to like flow across yeah, the screen. Okay, the screen. Okay. Oh. And you have to essentially go left, right, up, and down uh, in order to slice through the blocks in the way that they're facing. And the game ramps up in difficulty and starts adding new elements and it is such a solid like solid solid creation like gameplay wise like i think they do such a good job of making this thing <clears throat> like ramp up and getting you into it like by the time i got probably halfway through it i was like oh snap like there's actual challenge here and i guess the video i shared only has like the, the tutorial stage but once it starts like ramping up it yeah. gets it gets very intense so yeah they throw in like the bombs also like beat saber sure yeah but um you're go you're 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 basically going left up right and down in this grid-like sequence to then um, either dodge the, dodge the bombs or hit the blocks. So a really awesome. fun thing, uh, really solid solid gameplay-wise. I highly recommend it. I will give that, actually, the Blessing Silver. Wow. Yeah, so run that graphic. Yeah. Why do we give you so many graphics? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, those have, if you're an audio listener, you might be like, why the Sonic music? <laughs> it's actually because both of the graphics are... I guess Sonic inspired. Sp Sonic inspired, right? Which is a thing. It's a thing for me because I love Sonic, but also there's a lot of Sonic creations in Dreams. Oh, so yeah. It works on that too. Which I was going to bring in. Somebody in Dreams made a um, Frog Forest, which is a level in Sonic uh, Sonic Heroes. Yeah. I was going to bring it through, but I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to save that. Lower, gonna save lower that. it a bit. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that for when I, I come through and I have an all Sonic uh, Dream, Blessing Your Dream segment. Wow. It's so, something to look forward to, everybody. Lastly, I have Kubrick by the burger van kubrick let's see here let's see the description reads guide kubrick across six increasingly difficult puzzle cubes as he seeks to to, to complete his uh, mysterious quest and so basically this is another puzzle game you see the six cubes on screen right here and basically each cube is a puzzle cube where you are you're you're rotating uh, so this is your, the character you play as, right? Just like a, a blue stick figure, figure kind of dude. Dude, you're navigating them like, like uh, platform levels, but you are rotating the the cubes, right? So you're gonna see here, he's gonna get. 
At a certain point, he's going to walk. Okay, so here he presses X and goes into the trance mode, which makes him sure. float, and then you rotate. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. And so you're basically trying to collect items and get to the next cube by figuring out, like, how you can match up things, right? So you walk to the right, and if you see, like, the like the light-up squares on the right, like, on the cube on the right, right? Yeah, you're yeah. going to have to line up uh, the one that's going to be on the left cube to the right cube so you can then cross the bridge over to the next cube. So it's basically just a fun puzzle game. And I believe this... I don't know if it won one of the um, jams, community jams that Media Molecule does for Dreams, um, but it was at least like a contender and won. It might have been sci-fi or something. What was that, Kevin? Is that a death cue we sent? Oh, death cue. I don't know what that was, actually. I didn't touch it when I was playing it because I I didn't want to die. It looks like burning fire. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I was like, it looks dangerous. I don't want to touch it. But yeah, as you see here, right, he's making his way toward uh, this square here, rotates twice, and then boom, a bridge is made. And so he gets to walk to the next one. That one, I'm also going to give the blessing seal of approval. I think, wow. you know, I, I, I'm, I really hit dig, it, Kevin. Hit it, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I really, they can hear me while while this is going on. Oh right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cool. you're you're fighting the sonic music, oh, but yeah. yeah, they hear you. <laughs> I don't think the volume on it is that loud. The sonic music. I think it's supposed to be lower, right? Is it lower? Is it very loud, Kevin? It's be in a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, and that's the last one I'll give. But like, I really dig games that, like. You know, look at the limitations of, uh, of, or they create a limited space for themselves, right? Like right. between this, they and, limit their scope. Yeah, they limit their scope, right? Between this and Grid Slice, where they're like, all right, we have an idea that we want to hit, right? And they, they, they look at dreams, they look at what they, they can do, and then they just go for it. Yeah. You know, they don't, and, I mean, in some essence, right? Dream too big. But nah, I just, nah, nah, yeah, which I, I guess kind of goes like to the opposite of like the, the, I guess, dream bigger thing, right? Where, that we're also talking about. But, I feel like the idea of, hey, I'm going to limit my limit the mechanics, limit the scope, limit what I'm going to do, and just nail this, right? I think this and Grid Slice n- exactly nail what they're doing. And so those are the dreams I've been playing. Nice. I've been playing a lot more, but these are the ones I wanted to The highlight. ones that stood out for you? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because you, know, you were talking about earlier what dreams means to different people, right? And there's the creation, there's the playing and everything else. For me, something I was you know, falling in love with was curating. Mm-hmm. Like, I made a list, right, of, like, my favorite games. You can find it at kindoffunny.com slash Greg's Dreams. Oh, you like man, that? Of course. Yeah, in your face, of buddy. Course. I got it ready to go. Remember, too, hashtag uh, I dream of PSI or ILY is what we're going uh, It's going to be a Dreams thing we're doing for the, this month, right? This first month. Coolest thing you create, send it our way so we can talk about it at the end of the month. So I think, obviously, one of the benefits of having a platform is using it to shine light on other stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I got in there and started tinkering and realizing how I could make lists and what I could do with it. That's when I was like, well, I need to make my own, start curating and get that curating uh, um, uh, power bar filled in, right? You know, XP or whatever. So yeah, Kevin, you want to throw it up? You can see I've already pulled it. Scroll down, Kev. I know since you haven't played much streams, I don't think it makes sense to you, but if you scroll down, you see I've just been putting them here, collecting them, right? Mm -hmm. And so like things that are out there already that I think are just amazing things to see. Uh, Fallout 4 Dreams Edition, have you played this yet? No, I keep seeing it. Dude. Yeah? Dude. Like, it is Fallout in Dreams and probably runs better than Fallout (laughs) at certain points, right? Uh, Galaxy Cadet 2020 is on this list too. Don't look into anything about it. Go play play it. it. It's one of those games. What's the deal with Art Therapy? Because I was looking at that one. Art Therapy is, uh, yeah, you're, you know, you got rejected from uh, this museum, so you're going to go take it out on the museum. So so you go there with a bat that you, you have to hide and, or, and pull out mm. and you smash uh, different uh, art in the museum trying to rack up the highest amount of damage without getting caught. Mm. So if they see you use the bat, the security will chase you. 
Otherwise, you got to like hide and hit it and do all this different stuff. Someone recreated uh, the end of Rogue One. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Dude, I watched... Um, oh, they did the end of Rogue One. Wait, actually, is that the one I watched? I watched one that was the, the beginning of New Hope. I guess they kind of they kind <laughs> of they kind of dovetail there. I guess yeah, exactly. Uh, on there too. Uh, Don't let Grandpa see is an is a is an amazing game where it's just a quick mini game of how long. I think it's there's an endless mode and then I think it's two minutes, but it's uh you want your grandpa's babysitting you uh-huh. and you're supposed to be doing your homework, but you want to play dreams. So you have to like talk. You have to like toggle okay. off of uh, playing and going. And, like you have to look for his cue if he's gonna look over and try to get you or whatever. Mm. Uh, Kevin, if you can click. Oh yeah, I guess. You, I'll, let's go to the PlayStation though. I did bring one. I wanted to show live because uh, again, this is all up uh, kind of funny.com slash Greg's dreams. Follow, okay. thumbs it up. But uh, this one is uh, there's been a, in the community, the kind of funny best friend community, a while now. People have been working on a kind of funny game, and I know uh, that continues to happen. We looked a little bit of it with Media Molecule when they were in here the other day. Mm-hmm. However, this KF Front, the remix of KF Front by Shifty Fellow and three others, right? Have you seen this yet, Kev? Turn on your microphone. Because you're more than anybody, like, you are the heart and soul of the studio. Like, first off, look at little Greg. Oh, or ma- maybe little Tim. Awesome. You know what I mean? Maybe little Tim. There was a lot of people, a lot of people call that. I mean, the blue It's the blonde hair, the blue eyes, but then he, Tim doesn't have that anymore, so who knows? But either way, though, like, they went through and off of Google wow. Maps made the studio. And I don't... And when so I, That's scary. When you say the <laughs> studio, awesome. it would make it sound like it's just our studio, but no, it is the surrounding businesses. Like, this business over here is completely correct. This business over here is completely Wait, correct. Wait, actually, turn No, no, not yet, not yet. That's okay. the kicker. And gotcha. then you look up there, you see they even went and put the art, whatever art deco yeah, stuff yeah, we yeah, have yeah. on there, right? So but cool. then, Kevin, what gets even more crazy oh my God. is they made the two houses across the street. Oh, my oh God. man, the guy across the street would not like this it. House right, this house right here, totally accurate. And then, yeah, if you're a video watcher, this is the house where, if you remember during that WrestleMania party where I smoked a cigarette that we thought might have been laced but got us out of a fight that Sean Finnegan started with his drone, this is where I walked up and smoked. Oh, my God. Like, and that guy was so terrified of us flying a drone over his house. What if he knew it was now in dreams? Totally accurately recreated. Dude, this is awesome. Wow. This is what I'm talking about with dreams. Is like, Again, I think this is such an interesting no example. Though. Huh? No smiley, losing points. Yeah, well, I think they did it off Google Maps before we had it because remember they have the purple awning of that old eBay store that was beneath us before Paul moved in. Um, it's I know how this is such a contained example, right? Because like, okay, cool. If you don't work it kind of funny, how would you know yeah. like that's an actual thing? Uh, it's insane. One other one I want to pull up just for the old fun times, right? Might get us claimed, but who cares? I'm gonna put it in there. Uh, huh? Go ahead and kick this one up. This is the Joker dance from the movie Joker. <laughs> Everyone remembers this iconic scene from Joker, right? This guy made it. Oh my god. So you just walk <laughs> Joker around oh the stairs. God. And when you hit X, he dances. That's awesome. I put this on Twitter as a breakout and it, it blew up. It, it like went crazy. People who love it. Like, this is what I'm talking about. You can click off, Gap. Thank you. <laughs> That's funny. Like, Dreams is so fucking cool. Yeah, dude. It reminds me a lot. And I feel like this is going to take away from it, but I mean this totally compliment- complimentary to it. It reminds me a lot of Newgrounds, which did you use Newgrounds uh, a lot? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't use it, but I popped in. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I used right. to be like a little bit obsessed with Newgrounds, which was like, it was a website. And I, I, it's probably still a thing. But basically, people, uh, creative people would put up their like flash animations or flash yep. games or like things that they've created on there for people to, to check out. And like, I remember watching, there was like a fun mini series called super Mario brothers Z, which was a guy who made, um, I think his name was like Alvin earthworm. Actually. Um, he basically 
made a Super Mario version of Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z that had Sonic in it and like the Sonic characters and it makes like this Mario versus Sonic thing, right? That was like a Flash animation that he uploaded lo- uploaded there. I was like obsessed with it. But Dreams feels like that, right? That like the fan creation and the fan like being able to have access to stuff that 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 um, the everyday person is creating, right? That, but bigger and more accessible, you know, which I think is crazy to think about because yeah. Newgrounds is like a huge thing, right? Like it's a where lot. Aaron from Game Grubs got to start. Yeah, right? it's where yeah. it's where a lot of people got their start as far as like you know, like the animation community and like the fan, yeah, like fan made stuff, right? Dreams fuels a lot like that, but yeah, more like. But with actually giving you the tools to create and tools that are accessible and tools that are powerful, um, and then yeah, like this the discovery aspect of it, I'm just enjoying so enjoying so much that I, I for me it's easy to imagine that somebody will start like a, a, a like a mini series, right? Like a ten episode th- thing of like Mario and Sonic and I don't know, man, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn hanging out. Like I I, I can easily <laughs> easily imagine somebody making that and putting it up, up putting it up there and it becoming like the next one of those. And that's the thing where. You said it earlier, but it's true. Like, there's limitless potential with dreams. And where that is going to go is still such a interesting, uh, nuanced question. But, yeah, to your point, right, of, like, people, like, if you are interested in making Flash animation, right, if you are interested in doing something machinima like Red versus Blue was, mm-hmm. is, like, all the tools are there. You log yeah. in and you go into the search and you can find other people's stuff and you can put it in there. That's yeah. encouraged. Like, you don't, even if you just wanted to make scenes, you can go in and get the house and get the characters, and get the things, and then learn really quick how to move mouths and how to yeah. do camera Dude, cuts. Could, could you imagine if this was huge when Red and Blue, Red versus Blue, first became huge? Yeah. Like, and there's still potential for it to like blow up in that similar way, but like all the tools are there. Like, I wish I had these tools when, it, in high it, school when I had time. I'm fascinated to see which way it goes because we talked about it, you know, at length, obviously, in the years of talking about dreams. Uh, I still feel like this is such an amazing product that's doing so many amazing things that there's still such a huge chance it could never go anywhere. But mm-hmm. riding the one week of it being out, I feel like it's already going somewhere. I feel like it's getting the attention it needs. The The review scores are great. Like It's not being looked over by critics. It's not too complicated. And does that translate to sales? Does that translate to a community? Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. I don't know. But I do think that if, and I shouldn't say if, when the community that's already there, already making so many amazing things continues to make the next big thing and then that gets headlines you know what i mean when the be- yeah. next big news story comes out when there is something in here you have to go see that somebody is just doing a sitcom that is uh laura croft hanging out with aloy right yeah. like that's going to happen and that's going to be in there and it's just going to be shorts and it's going to have a following and like i'm preparing myself mentally for the day when i w- when we're doing games daily and i'm looking through for a news story in my inbox and there's a press release from whoever, Tara Bruno PR, or from uh, Steph Tinsley, or whatever other, I'm using way inside baseball yeah, PR yeah, yeah. companies People right now, know, but, but Pop Agenda, yeah. when there's something in there that is like, hey, this person's game is out, and it's only a dream, like, that's going to happen, where they're going to make a big deal about it, and then it's going to be so fascinating to see how yeah. that gets handled, and now, what people I, do with that. I really hope, I mean, this game is for sure coming on PS5. What I really hope, though, and this is the thing we've talked about a, a lot, but that it is a pack-in, at least, like, yeah. gameplay-wise, right? Like, you can play games in Ten levels free, or something, right? right? Like, Even I, if it was every day, you got one random dream, which would yeah. never work, but... Like, I, I mean, I, 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 I want fully, actually, like... Well, is that Kevin? 
one random dream from their curated thing. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 that would work better. I mean, like, I would. I even want it to be like you can play dreams. You just can't create dreams though without actually buying the application or buying mm -hmm. the game. But if it is like a YouTube kind of thing of like like it's YouTube for, for video games, right? Yeah. Like if that's what dreams could become, where it is user created, user content, right? And you get to like just go in there and and browse. I think the potential for that for next gen and PS5 and the longevity of it, because this is a thing that's going to grow, right? I feel like giving give, putting it in the hands of the people is going to make it grow more but i think regardless it's a thing that is going to grow because it i mean like the the the, the power of the tools is so like it's powerful yeah but um yeah like the power oh, of the tools the is so it's powerful it's so powerful um yeah over the next generation i can easily see over the next like i guess eight years or seven years or whatever you want to say it becoming a huge i don't want to say phenomenon but just a, a cool thing that sticks around and pe that we keep coming back to <laughs> You yeah. know, because it's there. Anakin, JMT, writes in with a question. Patreon.com slash games, just like you can. It says, so far, the response to Dreams has been pretty positive. The ability to make your own game sounds really cool. But I'm reminded of another game from this generation that also had the same core feature, Project Spark on Xbox One. It sounded promising and even reviewed well, but it didn't have legs, and Microsoft pulled the plug on it and shut down the servers less than two years after launch. Do you guys think Dreams can succeed where Project Spark failed, or is it destined to meet a similar fate? Hmm. If you don't recall, of course, Project Start, like he said, Xbox uh, One exclusive, uh, October 2014 launched uh, out of beta. It had already been doing betas for a while, and then May 2016 closed down. Had, has currently a 73 on Metacritic. Uh, Polygon wrote about the closure in, in 2016. Quote, this was an extremely difficult decision for our team uh, for our team, that we do not make take lightly, uh, Team Dakota community manager Thomas Gratz said in a statement. When Project Sparks transitioned uh, away from active development last fall, many of our team members moved to other projects within Microsoft Studios. While this means there have been no layoffs at Microsoft, it also means that it's, it's simply no longer feasible to continue the behind-the-scenes work involved with keeping Project Spark up and running with meaningful updates and bug fixes. So we have come to this hard decision, end quote. Polygon continued, Microsoft says it will offer credit, uh, so they you know, took care of people in the Windows Store or Xbox who had a retail uh, copy of Project Spark. What do you know about Project Spark? Because I'm like when they first announced it, right? I was aware of it, and yeah. I I I didn't necessarily follow it through to release, and I didn't know like what the end product was like. Like yeah. how similar was it to Dreams, or unsimilar was it? It's not that uh, different. Uh -huh. So I mean, it is. I mean, obviously, that's not you know, baby of the bathwater thing. We're talking six years later. Dreams is this thing that's been worked on an entire generation. Yeah. Project Spark, I had a similar thing with where I remember going at a GDC to an Xbox event and playing it there and getting the hands on with it. And it was very much we're creating games, right? But it was more than that. Reading from Wikipedia, Project Spark is a digital canvas which can be used to make games, movies, and other experiences. A player can download other user created content, remix that content, or create content of their own. A player can use the Xbox controller, keyboard, and mouse, touch devices and connect to build experiences connect can be used to animate models and record audio uh, the created environments can can contain mountains rivers and towns the player can also create events like inner character battles create items and objects are able to be shared with other players and then it goes on like this right of like there's pre there's blank maps this that and the other da, 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 da. Uh, game designer chris jerome has said that quote the game is all about giving players options like the ability to add a single flower versus a field of flowers just by resizing the flowers paintbrush size so you go on like that, right? Yeah. 
He added that the game is also about sharing and playing with the community, and that the difference between Project Spark and Little Big Planet or Minecraft is the core ability to customize the game down to the minutia of the in-game object anchor actions. Sorry, uh, which let players uh, tell more individual stories. Players can control the game. Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. And so, I mean, on paper, as somebody who didn't play retail Project Spark at all, yeah. it sounds super similar. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think. And I'm not talking shit about Project Spark, obviously, but I, I think Dreams and them are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Where I do think that, we, you know, we've talked about it and for ad nauseum or uh, nonstop, right? Yeah. Uh, on this show, on the original PS I Love You, on Beyond, on every uh, every video game podcast in between about what Dreams is. I think now that it's here, on this first blush of creativity, on these review scores, on the community's reception to it, I don't have that concern that the rug is going to get pulled out from under them anytime soon. I don't have the concern that Media Molecule is going to be shut down anytime soon. There's a lot still going, you know, you know, how much does it cost to keep it going? What are the sales going to be, et cetera, and so on. But as we're talking about it, the excitement we have for it, the excitement I see in the community for it, I do think that while it may never get another launch day, it's never going to have that kind of thing, mm-hmm. it is going to be a game that in a year, in year and a half, in nine months, six months, three months maybe, yeah. someone is going to create something so incredible that that will get shared around and that will spurn or, or spawn uh, Dreams purchases. Yeah. Right? Like There are legs to this that are far beyond where we are right now. Yeah, and I, I think Dreams is going to get the support. Like, I... I, I, I I, I could see it getting, and and, and we this was a uh, conversation we had recently of like what does post launch support look like for Dreams? Yeah. Like, is it packs? Is it Dreams? Like what what does Media Molecule do do to support Dreams post launch? Yeah. But I think whatever it is, we we see a lot of that. Um, Project Spark. I'm like I'm looking at a video right now to see how it looks like creation wise, and I I think Dreams has one power going behind it, like. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak too much about Project Spark because I don't know too much about it. But Dreams as a tool, I think, is super powerful and it's been illustrated already by the creations we've seen. Like when Project Spark came out, Project Spark didn't have the thing of like people putting out PT and mm-hmm. um, uh, Dead Space and oh, the list goes on. The, I've, list I've, goes the on, Lara right? Croft level I ran the other night, right? Like there's yeah, so much or like stuff. the food that looks like yeah, almost yeah. photorealistic, right? I don't remember any of that coming out of Project Spark. Um, and you know, aside, aside from that, right? I think Media Molecule as a studio is pretty good about sticking with what they're doing, right? Like, I, I well, my my concern never was Media Molecule mm-hmm. and their commitment to it. My concern was PlayStation 2020's commitment to Media Molecule, and I think the way the game has been received and will continue to be received, and I think will be at the end of the year in award categories, right? I mean, yeah, I don't, and I I think it's going to win a game of the year from somebody. Like, it's going to be that kind of thing mm-hmm. where I think even in this year, and I know what I'm saying because of Last of Us and Cyberpunk and everything else, like, it's definitely going to be at the Game Awards for creative, you know, most creative or whatever the hell. Like, some, you know, I don't know what all the Game Awards are. I just voted on a new category. Yeah, I can exactly. see it being, like, uh, special games recognition. Games for Impact or something like that. Totally. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, of, like, I think now that it's out there, people start thinking bigger. And that is where you get into... What are you really using for? It's not just making levels, right? It is not just making games. It is making art. It is giving people a place to go be creative quietly. It is a place to go on the internet on, in video games and be supportive, crea- be supported creatively. Yeah. And as long as that continues, which I have no idea why it would ever stop, I think you have that and you have those legs we're talking about. And to your point, too, of just like, what are people going to create 
two months from now, three months from now, a year from now, mm-hmm. when they have had all this time. Because there's so many games yeah. now that I play through, and I'm like, this is incredible. I wish there was more. And then there's the games I play through, and I'm like, this is incredible. Oh, my God, there is more. Mm-hmm. Like, the, uh, you know, there's one in there. Crap. I don't think it's on my list. Um, but it's on the always recommended. Let me go to the Dreams uh, homepage here for Dreams. Yeah, there it is right there. Pip Gemwalker. Have you played this yet? No. Pip Gemwalker, like, you start, it's like, oh, I started up. I'm like, oh, it's got a really cool intro title screen. Great. Mm-hmm. You st- started up like, okay, cool. It's just like, how am I going to go through and get all these gems and scratch them off? Like, it's kind of like Captain Toad of, like, moving around and looking for things. And then, I mean, you're moving the character, but, well, I guess you're on too, Toad too. doesn't matter. Uh, but and then you come out and it's like, oh, my God. There's so many levels. Like it's one of those early mm-hmm. creations, right? That people got in during the beta, made it, and then continued to add to it to the point that now at launch, it's there's so much stuff happening in it. Yeah. And so what does that look like as these games continue to go that way? Yeah. I think there's a clear vision, at least from the community, about what the future of dreams could look like, even though like, you know, from they haven't said anything about about PS five. But I feel like we're, we have to. Make they have said that it's going to work. Have they? Or am I, am I, am I, I making it up? Or are we just assuming that part? I mean, they might have said it passively, but I don't think officially in any, in, in any way okay. they've said that it's coming to PS5. <clears throat> but you have to imagine that it's coming. That is is coming no, out. So, like as a community, I feel like we there's a vision, you know, for what the future could be, right? With what we're talking about about games being be, be, games developing more and getting better and getting bigger and all these things that I in my gut have way more more faith in in dreams uh, than Project Spark. Um, but also, I feel like already the pop for Dreams is already bigger than the pop for for a Project Spark. That I feel like they're two different conversations in a sense. Yeah, I do too. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different stuff up here. You're right. Where like the gaming bolt headline is Dreams already runs on PS5, but there are literally zero plans for a port at the moment. Yeah. Which obviously is well, this is happening on the 16th of February, right? Which uh, is yesterday. So yeah. They're a little bit busy right now in yeah. terms of it. But yeah, it's clearly going to come to PlayStation 5. You wouldn't invest all. And I, I think that benefits it so much. Where if it is that when, and granted, I know it's going to be weird with PlayStation 5 backwards compatibility. Yeah, no, that such. was the next question I was going to ask about, like, do you think that PS5 allows for greater scope in Dreams creations or quicker load times? Cause, you know, yeah, stuff like thing. that, which I thought, I've actually been pretty impressed with how quick they are already. I was impressed by Arts Dream specifically, because yeah. I've had situations where I'm playing a Dream in early access, and, you know, it goes from, like, a really detailed room to the next one, and the, the transition load Thing. I don't know what it's called, like the, the bubbly kind of thing that pops up. Yeah, yeah. Like that'll be, that'll take a few seconds or so. But in Arch Dream, like it feels like very snappy. And yeah. I imagine it's one of those things where you, they, they know how to create with the tools that they have. Yeah. And so they're able to do it pretty seamlessly. Yeah. I think PlayStation 5, will, it'll be everything looks sharper kind of thing. I, I always go back to when DC Universe Online was on mm-hmm. PS3 and then launched on PS4, right? It was the same game, but like we're talking about, ran better, ran, loaded faster, better graphics and stuff to that effect. Yeah. I don't think, since it's going to be backwards compatible and it's going to be all these different things, I don't think you can make it, oh, well, now you can do more with it. You can have more thermometers because then it starts breaking for how people are, right? You have to build, for, yeah. if it's going back and forth, or if it's just PlayStation 4 people are playing dreams that are made in PS5, then it would break if they yeah. try to play well, with it. Well, that was, was going to be the, the thing I suggested that, like, oh, yeah, you, you have a, you have dreams that only do work on PS5 and dreams that mm. only work on PS4. But at the same time, I feel like for... You can't you can't shatter that fan base yet. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Is like I feel like you know people are going to be creating dreams for the next couple of years, right? Like expansive dreams, big dreams, yeah. right? And to have that trans- transition to PS5, it sucks to just cut them off you yeah. know, midway through their development. And I think, again, the way they have it, where you link your levels and uh, scenes or whatever together... Like you get around that, where it, it, even though it'd be awesome, you know, to have a bigger thing, just have somebody go through a doorway, right, and mm-hmm. that loads into the next one, and you're fine. Yeah, is dreams. that it for our dreams conversation? I think so. Dreams is awesome. Everybody should pick it up. Yeah. yeah. Kevin, are you no- gonna play Dreams? 
It's very possible. Okay. You know? It's very it's possible. Very possible. <laughs> okay, wow. After our it global review, that's all you have I mean, to honestly, say to us. You guys got me excited about it, but you know the world is real busy. Right Dude, now. it's only how much is streams? It's like breathe. what thirty bucks, forty bucks. What really? It's not sixty bucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd never pay for it, obviously, because I get yeah. things for free from Greg. I mean, that's right. True. Yeah. Very true. Love you, buddy. But because yeah, I bought early access, well, which like, I believe you know, was thirty bucks, and I think the final that sounds version like a, is forty. Yeah, forty bucks. Awesome 40 bucks. price. Yeah. yeah, forty bucks. Wow, I think it's pretty good for it. Wow. That was our first item on the on the XO, just an hour XOs just an hour on the x's and o's the yeah, x's yeah, and o's yeah. yeah number two we have a ps5 watch kevin now we need to add a, wah, a, wah, wah, add a wah, sound wah, wah. if you want i can figure out a sound situation sure what do you want it to people. be i don't know man maybe like a playstation like startup from the P- what was the ps2 that was the yeah, yeah. That. maybe i can i can edit that in yeah i feel like well, not on this. this not episode, now. Yeah, like, yeah, we're, I can take, we're spitballing take the what it file is. And then uh, for like the graphics specifically, and I can edit it under the graphics. We should we should tweet shoe, tweet and shoe. ask if he'll be like, warning, warning. This is the PlayStation <laughs> Five. Watch. He uh, will not. He will not. Pierre would be very mad at him. So for number two for the PS Five watch, Sony is struggling with PlayStation Five price due to costly parts. This is from <gasps> Takashi Mochizuki of Bloomberg, and I talked a lot about this with Tim on PS or on um. KFGD. I've condensed the story a bit because nice. it was a long story, but sure. still, it's a lot. I'm going to take a swig of water. Wow, okay. That's your di- boy. thirsty boy. And I've kind of divided it into two parts, so I'll start with the part one, and then we'll continue from there. Got it. Scar's components have pushed the manufacturing cost for Sony's next PlayStation, PlayStation to around $450 per unit. Yikes! Forcing a difficult price-setting decision in its battle with Microsoft, according to people with knowledge of the matter. Sony typically finalizes a console's price in February of the release year, follow it, followed by mass production in spring. With the PS5, the company is taking a wait-and-see approach, said the people, asking not to be named because the details are private. The PS4 released in 2013 at a retail price of $399 was estimated by IHS market to cost $381 to manufacture. With a $450 unit cost and a similar gross margin, the PlayStation 5's retail price would have to be at least $470. The company's biggest headache is ensuring a a reliable supply of DRAM and NAND, NAND, yeah, uh, flash memory. This is my biggest problem. I'm always looking for NAND, (laughs) flash memory, reasonable supply chains. With both in high demand as smartphone makers gear up for fifth generation devices, according to people familiar with Sony's operations. Samsung Electronics Co. just announced its Galaxy S20 product range, each variant of which will have 5G and a minimum of 12, 12 gigabytes of RAM in the U.S., some Sony game staff think it should sell the new console at a loss if necessary to match Microsoft's price, while other Sony executives would prefer to make money as the company did with the PS4. Most of the components for the console have been locked down, the people said, including the cooling system, which is unusually expensive at a, at a few dollars per unit. Typically, companies would spend less than a dollar, but Sony opted to have Sony opted to lavish more on making sure heat dissipation from powerful chips housed inside the console isn't an issue. Sony has already canceled some previously planned features for a new mirrorless camera due to this year, or uh, due this, 
Oh yeah, due this year, owing or owing to the constrained DRAM supply, several people with the knowledge of the matter said, Sony executives are voicing patience about the next console's pricing as they anticipate the transition to to be a gradual one, said people familiar with its day-to-day operations. Many of the games launched for PS5 will also be available to play on the predecessor machine, so revenue from software and related network services is expected to keep the business performance intact. Microsoft and Sony are both expanding their respective online subscription services revenue which or revenue from which may allow them greater flexibility on hardware pricing and i said i was gonna divide it into two i just ran through the whole you thing you did it yeah just slam it because in i lost my uh I, I put like a dash i missed it but that's I the whole I story might edit it out for yeah you might have edited it out well, we were we were a tag team i didn't know yeah. that's what that was no it's mm. totally fine yeah um but yeah 450 dollars per unit greg to manufacture it. To manufacture That's it. the big thing that it's caught up on, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Mike Futter went off on Twitter about this. Yes. Uh, where people were... He, I, actually, you have it in here, don't you? Yeah, yeah I have it under the thing. So, so Mike, yeah, uh, Mike Futter, of course, uh, been around the industry forever, right? Wrote the Game Dev Business Handbook. Uh, has been at Variety, Polygon, GameSpeed, done stuff all over the place. Uh, he had done this tweet, uh, tweet storm about it, right? People are misunderstanding a report about PS5 components. If the console manufacturing cost... four hundred. If the console manufacturing costs $450, there's still packaging, shipping, wholesale, and a retail to consider. $450 isn't where the cost stops. It's where it starts. Mm-hmm. The worry here is that uh, $500 or about $500 cost to consumer. Uh, uh, that may put Sony at a competitive disadvantage. We all remember $599 US dollars uh, and how that dealt Sony a blow. That could put Microsoft in a position to strike a blow on price. And if Microsoft uh, faces the same thing, it will lead to lower adoption. Uh, that would position Nintendo as that would position Nintendo well, but otherwise will have a downstream effect on developers and publishers, depending on licensing approach to next gen titles. Anything over four ninety nine is going to get a lot of negative attention, and it's going to depress outlook for the ne- near term. And he goes on like this, going back and forth, talking to a bunch of different people. But yeah, even s- still, right, four fifty is what it would cost them to make the bucks. Yeah, right. So 500 is probably what we're going to be looking at. Yeah, that was the thing, right? And even the articles here where it's like, you know, the PS4 released in 2013 at a retail price of $399 was estimated by IHS Market uh, to cost around $381 to manufacture. Yeah. Uh, With the $450 unit cost and a similar gross margin, the PlayStation 5's retail price would have to be at at least $470. Yeah, $450, that being the manufacturer cost, right, and comparing it to PS4's, uh, three hundred and eighty-one, right? Yeah, four fifty puts. I feel like puts them in a in a predicament where they 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 could buy four seventy. Who like? Oh, yeah. Here's a PlayStation Five for four hundred and sixty-nine ninety-nine. We yeah. all be like, because huh? like they they. I mean, obviously they don't want to eat fifty bucks per unit, right? Yeah. But that could still be a thing for them, right? Totally. Especially talking about um. I'm missing the story, but somewhere they talk about how most com- most consoles are sold at a loss. Sold at a loss because yeah. they're making money off of subscriptions software. and software, yeah, yeah. right? And somewhere in the story, uh, let's see, many of the games launched for PS5 will also be available to play on the predecessor machine. So revenue from software and related network services is expected to keep the business performance intact, right? And me and I think me and Tim had a different read on that when we talked about talked about it on KFGD, where I read it as some games launched as launch titles for PS5. Are probably going to come out also on PS4, right? Thinking of like PlayStation exclusive launch title. So say NAC three comes out as launch title, yeah. which which is my go to for some reason. You it's always NAC three. Yeah, you're always playing to the Facebook group. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's Sony being like, "Hey, these games or this console is going to cost quite a bit to manufacture. Let's 
make up some of that cost if like I mean if they they decide to go for 400 or 450 which I don't think they will <laughs> I you know, think it'll be, four, it'll be five right? I think they'll push it up to five yeah but um I, I think internally like I know that that there is an obviously optic difference between four forty nine ninety nine and four ninety nine ninety nine, but yeah, I think at that point with those margins, you'd be like, "Fuck it, yeah." We're PlayStation. People will pay it, and, it, and the people who don't pay it now will pay it eventually, or they'll get it when it price drops or does whatever when we move it in years. But yeah, to the point of, so I, I actually I cut you off on what you guys were reading differently with the many of the games launched for the PlayStation 5 will also be available to play on the predecessor. Oh, machine. yeah. So I was reading as like, yeah, Sony is going to have some of their games on both consoles. Or I think Tim was reading it more so as like, actually, how was Tim reading it? I don't want to misquote him. He was, uh, Hi, Barrett. Barrett joining. Oh, where did Barrett come from? <laughs> um, he was reading it as Third games parties. like uh, Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of oh, Tsushima. That's what it was. He was talking like, about like games and, on PS4. And also we had that long conversation of like we we're not really gonna know until we know what the disc boxes look like, you know, and like yeah. how those are being branded and stuff. And like so, yeah, that's how he was reading it. How do you read it? That's what I want to know. Many of the games launched for PS5 will also be able to play on the predecessor machine. I think they're saying that the launch lineup will be. Available and many many of them will be launched on PlayStation Four as well. Okay. They'll be that that it'll go. It'll be a PlayStation. This is our big PlayStation Five game we're pimping, but you can buy a PlayStation Four version of it. That's how I. That's how I read it too. Because that's that. I, I was trying to dig around for it. One of the articles we've had in the past few weeks uh, has been right that like, hey, there there's this thing where like PlayStation Five might not have any true exclusive for the first year. We saw that somewhere. Right? That was Xbox. Yeah, no, but I thought there was a PlayStation One too. Huh? Was there? Right? Yeah. Really? Can you Google around for that? I'm, I'm trying to continue the conversation, but find it. I can't get the right keywords in there. Hmm. It, it was one of those that was just like a throwaway comment. I'm like, I don't buy that for a fucking... I don't buy that. But I, yeah. I get what you're saying. But yeah, this is the idea. I think they're saying is that if you're so inspired to get whatever game, there's still a way to get it, which means you're still selling copies of the game. Mm-hmm. So you're still making money as PlayStation. So like coming out with the new console and putting it out there doesn't mean you're... If you put games on it that are exclusive to it, that you're locking people out from actually playing them or buying mm-hmm. them, which I think is a bigger question or a bigger argument here. Does $500 sit okay with you? <sighs> I mean, you, of course, want it as cheap as possible, right? You want all the, the amazing bells and whistles and everything else for whatever you want it at. And, the, you know, the argument earlier this year, or I guess late last year, was that, you know, Xbox was pricing out or looking like it was going to be way more expensive than PlayStation. Yeah. Which I think. In my head, bumped it up to four ninety nine and put PlayStation at three ninety nine. I yes. thought PlayStation was going to be super competitive, and this is based off of rumors and speculation, like everything else, right? Um, does it? It's not what I want to hear, but I'm not against it either. Like, if it is this awesome box that is running way better and running way faster, and there was, you know, is it this article or the other article that was talking about the cooling unit and that that's going to be they're opting for a really nice cooling? Yeah, unit no, that's doing a, all this these, article. Yeah, like for the lavish. If it is that they're going to come out and have this argument that, hey, this is the PlayStation 5, and it's our best constructed box ever. It's going to be quiet. It's not going to overheat. You're not going to worry about your uh, thermal couplings undoing, like so many, why, you know, so many PlayStations make them, PlayStation 4s make so much noise. Mm-hmm. There's an argument to that, and especially if we are sliding into this scope, right, of, hey, we are this one ecosystem. Bear, did you find anything? Do we imagine this? Do we imagine this? No, maybe. I'm pretty sure you're talking about the Xbox one. I'm, no, uh, oh, you I distinctly Xbox? remember the Xbox okay. one. I'm not saying that. Because the Xbox one did have the wording of like for the first year or two. Yeah. I'm with you, Greg. We're from another universe. We got Mandela Effect? Yeah. Kindofunny.com slash you're wrong, maybe? Sure, if you if you can find it. Uh, I'll throw that open right now. 
So what do you think it's a what do you think for five hundred dollars? I mean, I think it's a bummer. I think it's gonna come into play with whatever Xbox's price is. Because if Xbox yeah. Series X, I, mean, I don't believe that the X is going to cost $400, but say like the X comes in at 500 and then a, like the, what, Lockhart or whatever, Anaconda, whatever it's called, right, comes out at 400 like the lower version or 300 depending on what the features they cut for it are. Yeah. Then I think it could be, it that, that could cut Sony at the legs a bit. Like that could be... I mean, not tragic by any means, but it could def- it could definitely swing the needle towards Xbox a bit for that whole the whole marketing conversation of Xbox versus PlayStation that that's inevitably going to happen. But like, from all the things they talk about that are in the PS5, right? The ray tracing, the SSD, the I mean, even with the, the lavish cooling that they talk about here, right? Lavish cooling. Like, it sounds like something that's going to be expensive. So five hundred dollars doesn't surprise me. It only surprises me in the context of competition. That's kind of where I'm at. In the yeah. context of like competing with Xbox. Sure. Yeah, I can't come up with what I'm looking for here. So I'm, me and Bear definitely dreamed it together in our heart-shaped bed. Mm. Um, all I can find is this nonsensical rumor that it wouldn't have that any exclusive launch games, which of course doesn't make any sense. And, that may, and it might just be lines crossed in terms of certain games. Because yeah. obviously certain games are going to be cross-platform and have a million different things going on. Um. Because, yeah, many of the games launched on the PlayStation 5 will also be able to play on Is the Is Godfall coming out on PS4? Godfall was the PS5 game that was announced at the Game Awards. Right. I don't know. What do you got for me? Uh, platforms, PS5, Xbox Series. No, that, it's not coming out on Series X, is it? Godfall? Probably, right? I don't think... Was it an exclusive? I thought it was just the first time anybody said PlayStation 5. Okay, no. Here, though, it says PlayStation Five, Microsoft Windows. Yeah, in the well, in the trailer, it only said PlayStation Five for Godfall. Sure. In the Game Awards, got them headlines, right? Yeah. And so. That was the last time I ever thought about Godfall. Yeah. Cool. I Thanks mean, every time I see it, I'm 5. like, it. This game could be. It looks. It looks like a launch window, ne- like next gen game, but in the ways that it just doesn't have any personality. But every time I see gameplay of it, and every time I hear the description of like it's a loot slasher, I'm like, this could be fun. It's, you know. You'd be a bit fun. Nah, no, you don't. You're no. not into the multiplayer loot slashers that, know, that take place in a fantasy world where no. you can choose your clash, probably customize your character. No, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you can customize your character at some published point. Published by Gearbox. Mm, no, nah, doesn't do much. Developed by Counterplay Games. No, it's just you keep saying words, but I mean, like, no, no it's not doing it. You know it's weird because on the Google, when you Google type uh, Godfall, right on the actual Google page, it says Xbox Series X, but then you go to the actual Wikipedia and it doesn't say that, and so I don't know who to believe. No, I don't really care. No, no. Godfall. Well, I mean that uh, that then plays into like the idea of the first year launch thing of like if that's coming out for PS5, only on PS5 and not on PS4, then we have our answer right there. Sure, that's true. But again, it's many, and I didn't mean it to be all. I didn't mean oh, to be none. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I meant it doesn't matter. Gotcha. It doesn't matter. I mean, according to this story, right, we are going to have more, probably more cross gen games. Sure, but many of the period. games launched on the PlayStation Five will be able to play on the predecessor machine. I think that just means like Madden's going to be on both. That's how you know what I mean. That's what yeah. I take away from it. I'm, I don't know. See, I don't think it's going to be more than usual. <sighs> no. But no? you figure out, like, look at a launch lineup, right? Or launch lineups are often cross-gen like that. Well, I guess no. We talked about this last time, right? Whereas Madden, even Madden had Madden 25, right? Which was just the thing. It's crazy, man. <laughs> Video games. <laughs> It's, it's the normal thing we're on PlayStation 5 Watch. We're just grasping at straws here. We are. Just whatever. I don't know. What, what is the rumor going to be? Now, for... Um, $599. Or, I'm sorry. 499 
I hope it's not that. I think you'd sell a lot more, but they know that. If it's got to be that, it's got to be that for the whatever components. For, for X's and O's, am I the question guy or are you the question Whoever guy? Whoever wants to be the question guy is the question guy. Mal, uh, Malcontent Ronin writes in and says, You know, we, we keep assuming the PS5 reveal timeline will mirror that of the PS4, but with Sony not attending E3 this year, that simply doesn't seem pop, uh, possible. Do you expect the eventual PS5 reveal to come via a big stage show the press gets invited to? Because if so, Sony this time cannot follow it with a showing at E3, which is to say that this one show will be the only one. It'll be the it'll be the one where we get full details on price, release, etc. If that's the case, surely there is no way they do it before May when E3 will be on the horizon, unless they suddenly decide State of Play is the place for real PS5 details, which just doesn't fit the format. This is the timeline I see. Thanks, Malcontent Ronan. I definitely think it's another big event that you invite press to. That you mm-hmm. have them, we get it. We all go there. We hear this presentation, and then in this other room, this other ballroom, you can come play with it and do this thing and do your reports on it and all these. That's how I, I see it happening. And maybe I'm just old school in that way, but yeah. that's how I see it happening. I I see I see some form of that happening. Like yeah. I think it'll. I mean, we talked this talked this to death, and like this is a thing. This is one of the things that we've thrown out there. But I like the idea of it being a state of play. And like Last of Us, right? Yeah, like Last of Us, where it is like for the public, it's a state of play, right? But then media gets invited to actually like have a hands on with it and then report back with their impressions and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's a state of play that happens on the day. And while that's happening, we all watch it somewhere mm-hmm. and then go to this thing and actually play with it. And do yeah. It. Yeah. And it'll be more like a state of play that is more so like the Stadia Connect, where it is like, here's all the details for this thing. Because the Stadia, the first Stadia Connect was actually like, Okay, here's here's what this service is, right? Where this would be this first state of play. If they do it in a state of play, where it would be, all right, here's a console or here's something that isn't games, because state of plays have been pretty much all like here's software that we're that we're working yeah. on. But that's the whole thing is I don't think you can. I guess there's a million ways around it. I don't think it's a state of play. I think it's an old school really? stage presentation. People are there watching and clapping. Not and I don't know. I, I'd want fans there, but I don't know if you'd bring fans. Mm-hmm. If it's just media, it's just that. Why do you think so? It's a console reveal. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the real bells. It's a literal press conference, mm-hmm. which they don't do anymore. But I don't know when's the last time they had news that they needed like a real press conference for. You know what I mean? A press showcase to do to get everybody on the same page and get them hype and explain the ex- information have, and they have them go play it. Have they done a? Pre- Actually, I guess they have they done a press conference since they started doing the state of plays. No, I want to say were they not at a TGS or anything mm, recently? No, they. Well, I mean, they were there, but I don't think they've done like a like an did actual they do a press games, They didn't do a Gamescom thing. Because it was CES, Gamescom was one was night, Sony. not one night yeah, stand. It, yeah, that's what, what I call it too. That's what I call it too. Uh, one night live is that right or something? I think that's right. One night stand sounds better. Yeah. I like the ECW reference. Jeff Keighley, pay us. Exactly, Keighley, come on. Um. Yeah, I think you have to go big for this, and you have to do it that way. And yeah, I think May makes sense, which is why I've been, I moved my prediction there a long time ago, right? When it was like, eh, why, it, the, the Wired articles are the February event, so you mm-hmm. do it in May to usurp E3, and then yeah, you ride it out, and I say you probably do the same thing. I thought, as a press person, the PlayStation 4, hey, when we got our console units and got to go and interview people, was one of the best press events I'd ever been to. Not, I mean, the, not for the bells and whistles of like, uh, getting your PlayStation 4 engraved or any shit like that. The fact that it was me and Scott Lowe and probably somebody else. Oh, Caleb, I think, from IGN. Mm-hmm. We went out to New York. This is like the week before it actually launches or days before it launches. Went out to New York. 
checked into this, the hotel and then woke up the next morning and it was that we all went up to this one big meeting room with other press people and then we all got maps and assignments and uh, 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 interview times and we went, the, Sony had the entire hotel done so you'd go down to this one floor and it would just be like kojima's in that room showing you uh, ground zeros over here uh they're showing you that uh game Ga anthony gaius worked on with jared that was the shooter doesn't matter uh then warframes over here mm -hmm. and then this is madden's over there and like black light retribution that might be it I forget. Was it free to play? Yeah, it was free to play. Oh, it, was it, was first, it was like first it, was, it was similar to Godfall, where it was a big deal that like this is one of the first PlayStation Four games. It was probably Blacklight Retribution, I bet. It sounds right. Or Planet was Fall that in Seattle? I don't know. Okay, no, let's see. I just remember having a free to play shooter on PS4 and being like, "Oh yeah, this is why right. not? Let's do this. Yeah, I got to do something." And so yeah, but we went room to room and played those games and did the things, and then you know you got your unit and we got to go play in our hotel rooms and then file reports on that and do all these different like it was such an awesome. It's all. It was like any three in one hotel. You know what I mean? Where uh -huh. you didn't have to worry about anything else. It was all right where you needed. I think you do that for a PlayStation Five again if it warrants that, which I assume it's going to because it's yeah, a launch I mean, event for this PS5. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, number three, and I'm gonna speed round all the next, uh, all the the rest of these new stories because we are deep in the show. And so number three, Sony paid 229 million dollars for Insomniac Games. This is from Brendan Sinclair of GamesIndustry.biz. Sony has revealed. The price it paid to make longtime collaborator Insomniac Games part of the PlayStation family. According to a filing made today with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the acquisition of the studio cost Sony $229 million paid out mainly in cash. Sony announced the deal last August following up on the success of Insomniac, Insomniac's PlayStation 4 exclusive Spider-Man game. At the time, the studio's sale, the game had sold more than $13.2 million. Well worth it. Well worth it. Yeah, yeah, right. Not in a you know when this in, came up on uh, Games Daily, we were talking about how it's actually not that much. Compared yeah, I was gonna to say this doesn't ones. seem like a lot for no. Insomniac. It'll pay, and it's like what a great move to keep Spider Man with him, keep them connected with Spider Man, yeah. get Spider Man two. What a great move for them just to be under that banner now, and again for you know Insomniac in general to just be able to make games, focus on making the games. We have people yeah. run the company for you and run HR for you and do all these different things. Yeah, great for PlayStation too because I feel like a lot of the legacy of PlayStation was with Insomniac. Of course, when you got Ratchet and Clank, um, well, actually specifically Ratchet and Clank because I love Ratchet and Clank. Uh, this gives them more reason probably to actually bring it back. <laughs> and so uh, let's see another one to add to the speed round. The last of us two is coming to PAX East. This is from Arn Meyer, Naughty Dog. Arnie. Fra uh, Arnie, Arnie yep. Meyer. One of the few uh, names I'll ever be able to correct you on, I'm sure. <laughs> From February 27th until March 1st, PAX East attendees will have an opportunity to play Patrol, featuring an early area of the game where Ellie and Dina must venture out of Jackson into the surrounding areas to clear out infected. The demo will span an hour of gameplay and provide just a small glimpse into what awaits you in the full game. Exciting. Incredibly exciting. I think a lot of people are going to be super disappointed. Like that. Like that's what really? I played, right? Yo, I, no, no, no. Okay, great point. Great point. Let me dial that back. Yeah. Not by the Last of Us. Part oh, okay. Two. I was gonna say. People are going to go there and be blown away. I love the Last of Us Part Two from the demo I played, which is this, and then the other part where you're fighting more humans, right? Uh huh. But this demo will span an hour. I sincerely doubt PlayStation is bringing. 30 PlayStation 4s running the Last of Us Part 2 to this. Mm -hmm. Like, those are going to be the hottest tickets in town. Oh, right? yeah. They want you to download the PlayStation Experience app, check in on the day. They're going to open up more slots. That's fine. That's all well and good. But, like, that's going to be getting the golden ticket if you actually get in to see this game. Oh, yeah. Unless they're, they say the demo spans an hour. So it doesn't sound like they're cutting you off. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like they're like, all right, you're really doing 15 minutes of it. It sounds like you're going to go in there and tinker around for an hour and do what you want, which is awesome for the people who get it. And, 
chaos yeah. and anger that just for the means people not who don't. many people are going to get it yeah right yeah well i think that makes that then makes the app thing nice that you get to oh, sign sure. through an app as opposed to like waiting that rushing, line forever yeah waiting that line forever and then rushing to get into that line or camping out or doing whatever it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a nice cleaner way to go about that yeah no that that's a really impressive part of the demo and i'm excited for people to play it Sony has patented an AI tool. This is from Matt Kim at IGN. Sony has submitted a patent for an AI that may be available or may be able to help players stuck in a game by pointing them towards items or weapons that may help them op- overcome their obstacle. This can either be an in-game item or, if need be, an item available for purchase. In a patent filing for something called the In-Game Resource Sur- Surfacing Platform, Sony describes a, t- a scenario in which a player is stuck in a video game that they may need to help uh, may need help to overcome. Many video games have hundreds of, of thousands of individual items for users to earn, find, or purchase and use within the video game. It says in the patent description. Sony lays out three variations of this tool. One is where the AI identifies the current state the player is in while in the game and cross-references it with other players who successfully move past that point. Quote, the method provides an operation for selecting a resource that is usable by the player to complete the objective based on the one or more resources utilized by respective other players during said successful attempt of completing the objective. End quote. Meaning the the AI will find out how other players completed the obstacle and point the stuck players toward that solution. The AI tool may also point players towards an item in a store, in-game, or online that can help complete the objective or even advance the game to a point past the obstacle. So there you go. A new patent for AI that's going to point you to... I was surprised you pulled it for it, yeah, because I thought it was interesting. Sony and uh, companies all over the place patent the shit out of all sorts of goofy stuff you'll never see. This is interesting, but this is interesting the same way I think when they bought Gaikai and like when they were during the February event for PlayStation 4 and were showing so much stuff and you're like that never happened. We never saw that actually Gaikai? come. Not the the ways they some of the very specific things they were talking oh, about. Oh, like it, being able to I don't even remember and I yeah, want to get into it. Transition I, I seamlessly from wrongs. a thing to another thing. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's like I understand this. I don't think they're anywhere near launching it or having it or anything like that. I think it was funny to see people immediately turn it around of like, oh, it's going to be for microtransactions and DLC and all yeah. this stuff. And it's like, I mean, could maybe, be. yeah, too. But it's also one of those things of how often would you really use that? And how I always am drawn back to the um, times you play a video game and it has a tip. Like, hit this button for a tip. Yeah. And you're like, you're stuck in something, you tip it, you hit it, you're like, all right, cool. How do I turn the lights on? In the, I'm stuck between turning the lights on in the room and getting the TV to do the thing and do the thing. And mm-hmm. then you hit the tip screen and it's like, well, if you go to your inventory, you can uh, sort things by the letter. You're like, yeah. well, that doesn't, no, that's not helpful at all in this situation. Yeah. So, like, how, and also, in the, like, I think Matt Kim pulled it out in his article as a cheeky closer of just like, and remember, there's IG and wikis. Like, <laughs> when's the last time you yeah. ran into anything? That's a good like, point. Granted, I know that the That's amount of point, the amount of PlayStations that are out in the wild that people are playing on far dwarf the traffic to anybody's wiki or website or podcast. But I still think the people that would really be into that kind of stuff and would use that stuff would know about those features versus somebody at home like hitting their PlayStation button and having a <laughs> shoe pop up and be like, "Well, if you go buy go on the store right now for 300 gold coins, you can get this thing." Like, yeah. And then lastly, Neo 2 has gone gold. It's out March 13th. I included this because I feel like I feel like we often forget Neo 2 is published by Sony. Yeah, we do. Outside of Japan. I think in Japan it's published by Tecmo Koei. Um, but yeah, everywhere else is published by Sony. And so it's a PlayStation game. I forgot it was exclusive to PS4. <laughs> like that's how, yeah. that's how much we forget about well, it. Well, it's because Neo Neo number one is so interesting that if that game didn't click with you and you it passed you by. 
I think it's so easy to have Neo and Sekiro and like if yeah, they, everything kind of it all together. gets wrapped into one. It also one. like came out like right before Nier, which is a very different game, yeah. but like like similar enough name and like situation that you're like, oh yeah, it all that game, together. that yeah. thing, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, God bless him, go get him. I know a lot yeah. of people are excited for it, but that's I'll be busy readying myself for Animal might, Crossing. Man, now that I'm a now that I'm a Bloodborne guy, oh, here we go. I might I might try out Neo too. Yeah, even though I've heard it's a lot more difficult. Or maybe not a lot more difficult, but difficult in certain ways. Like in Bloodborne, when you are when you're fighting, the game incentivizes you to be more aggressive by allowing you to gain health back by getting hits on enemies. Yeah. Right? If you get hit with an enemy, if you hit him back, you immediately gain back health. Whereas I've heard Neo doesn't really have that. And so, like in certain ways, mechanically, it's kind of it's kind of difficult. Um, or it's like a hard a hardcore Souls game, which definitely does not appeal to me necessarily but playing bloodborne right now i'm enjoying it but it's very scary <laughs> and while i'm playing bloodborne i'm so stressed and i'm like i don't want to play this game anymore but when i'm not playing bloodborne i'm like i really want to play bloodborne you know playing something that's maybe not as scary as bloodborne could sure. help out you know like neo 2 and so i might i might give it a shot i might try it out well bless yes i don't want to hear about what you might play i want to hear about what you've been playing oh. but first a word from our sponsors this episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by Upstart. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy, getting out is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates that can help pay off high interest credit card debt. I'm sure you've heard me say it before, but it's true. When I moved to SF, I took out a loan and they did not do any of the things Upstart did. What does that mean? They gave me a really bad interest rate and it took a long time to pay off, but Upstart doesn't do that. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. Upstart believes you're more than your credit than just your credit score. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull comes after you accept your rate. And the best part, once the loan is approved it and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment from Upstart. Uh, see why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash PS to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate takes only a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash PS. Our next sponsor, well, ladies and gentlemen, it's Postmates. I don't even need to look at anything. I can close my eyes because Postmates is the delivery service I use all the time. Why? Because I hate going out. Don't you? <laughs> it sucks. And Postmates will go pick up whatever you want, and they'll bring it right to you so you don't have to do anything. Looking at this thing, they say, when you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., or a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it. I have done most of those things. Kevin, how many times have we Postmated booze here? So much McDonald's pizza, uh, the wings places that don't deliver around us use Postmates. You think I'm you think I'm driving over to Wing Wings every time I get Wing Wings? I am not, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Another thing we use it when we were doing the world tour last year, and we would need pizza. We would just go to Postmates. It was so much simpler than having to get out the yellow pages, call up Mario, go, hey Mario, do you still deliver? Um, remember Mario's pizza in arizona do you still live i don't know if that's where they were but they, remember that guy 
Oh, man, I digress. Uh, for a limited time, I was about to really get into it, just a conversation with Kevin. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 uh, free delivery credit for your first seven days to start your free deliveries. Download the app and use the code PSILOVEYOU. That's code PSILOVEYOU for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code PSILOVEYOU. Bless. For both of us, I feel like what we've been playing has been dreams, right? Yeah. There's been a lot of dreams happening there. So I think we kind of covered in the, the top of the show there. As yeah, we everything. Uh, things I want to give a shout out to. Um, the Borderlands Valentine's event. Uh, oh. Broken Hearts. Uh, you know, it's running what? It's uh, February 14th through the 20-something or other? I should know that better. Hold on. Nope. Then lost it. There it is. Yeah, February 20th. I nailed it. Okay, good. Uh, the idea here is it's one of the seasonal events for Borderlands. You pop in, and now characters have hearts floating around them. You shoot the hearts. You do the, um, you know, I think, what, it's 10, 25, 50, 75, and 100. Each one of those comes with a reward uh, attached to it. And also, the in, the in-game reward for you and your character, uh, the hearts themselves have buffs on them. So, like, you shoot the green one, the acid explodes everywhere. You shoot the red one, you, they become your ally for a little bit. Like, mm. there's all these little goofy things. There's loot ones, obviously, because it's Borderlands. Um, it set up the perfect Valentine's Day for uh, Jen and myself where we came back from Vegas uh, we ran some errands we hung out we, we ate in and out had a good time then we cooked a great dinner and then we finished it and then we sat down and played this together because <laughs> we both love Borderlands so much <laughs> And it, it's romantic. It was great. And it's the kind of seasonal event that I'm down for where it is short, which I like because that was a huge thing with Bloody Harvest, even though you can now toggle them on or off. And it was rewarding and it wasn't a huge grind. Like I did, we did it. We did, I think, half of it that night. And then the next morning woke up and played more. And mm. we did it and got all the rewards. And now I have all those rewards. And it came with the level cap for Borderlands 2 so, or Borderlands as well. So I'm running through doing more of that. I'm running through True Vault Hunter. Uh, Borderlands continues to be such a great fucking game. Nice. It's good to hear. Thank you. You're welcome. What have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing more of Bloodborne, yeah. um, and I won't talk much about it because I already talked about it the last week, few weeks, but I'm at, the, I'm at a point in that game where I just got... I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm at a place where I did not expect to be. Okay. Um, and I got put there unexpectedly, and it's a very hard area of the game. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, this is frustrating. And so that's 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 how it's going with Bloodborne right now. Um, but aside from that, this weekend, after watching the Sonic movie, I went and I played um, Sonic. Sonic Generations. And here's the thing. This is disgraceful because this is PS I Love You XOXO. Oh, God. I went and I played it on Xbox. Gross. Because PlayStation Whoa! doesn't you, have... <laughs> Backwards compatibility. And this this is the reason why I, I, I put this on here is a plea, right? I know PS5 is going to be backwards compatible with PS4, right? I feel like we still underrate how great having backwards, backwards compatibility is. Like, I know a lot of people st- are like, you know, new game, new me or whatever. I want to only play the new, the new stuff. Old game is old. Old game is old, that no, kind of thing, no. right? I don't believe in that. You don't. I don't. I, Understandable. I, I, I think being able to go back to older games or being able to like pay, play Peace Walker whenever you want, right, on your new oh, on your new console. That's great. It's such a great experience. Such a great thing to have, especially not having to like go back to old controllers. Like, are I, you sure Sonic Generations isn't on PS Now? It's on PS Now for sure. Okay. But well, I just don't, who wants doing? to play it on PS Now though? What do you mean? Because it's streaming only. I can't download that game because it's a PS3 game. I know. And so I, I killed I, it with Peace Walker for me too. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't want to stream this. And I looked at the PS3 because I have Kevin's PS3 in my place. And I looked at it and I was like, do I want to play Sonic Generations on PS3? Because I'm pretty sure my save is in the cloud for Sonic Generations. Like, okay. I originally played it on PS3 and I beat it on PS3. 
And so I was like, and I only really wanted to play City Escape, right? And I know I'm and now I'm speaking to like a, a small group of people right now that understand all this, that stuff. understand everything I'm talking about. But I only wanted to play City Escape, which is halfway through Sonic Generations. And I was like, maybe if I get my cloud save, I can then do this and I can then play it on my PS3. And then I was like, I'll just get it on Xbox. And they make it so easy to do backwards compatibility. And I hope PS5 does it well, right? Like I hope I I hope you're able to put your disc in and it works. But I'll but also but also I would I would love for it's not gonna happen, but like PS3 and PS2 and PS1 backwards compatibility. So that's you never plea. know. I mean like PS3 is the always the wild card with that cell processor. Yeah. That's the thing that screwed everything up. You're only 25 trophies away from having the platinum in Sonic Generations. I would love to try it. 25 of 50. That's if they right if now. they somehow let me play it, like just just buy it digitally, or I mean, I mean just already get have the disc and get your cloud save and go back at it. You know what I mean? Oh, on the PS3. Yeah, mad <sighs> skills. You get all the skills. You didn't get that one yet. You know that's a silver. Did I not get all the skills? No, no, you didn't. According to this, you know mm. what I mean. Did you, did you look up my PSN? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I have it on. I have it saved, ready to go in. Oh yeah, like a bookmark. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Halfway point, clear half the challenge acts. You haven't done that one either. Yeah, but mm. I didn't love all the challenge acts. I like some sure. of them. Sure, that's fair. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I don't even know what yeah. I'm reading. You also, this mean? is me from like 2012, 2013. Okay, was a punk. Yeah, he was. <clears throat> he was. I won't disagree with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, let's hear about what else you've been playing for 104 PSN games ranked, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't know, each and every week here we read through the drop on the PlayStation blog. We each pick a different PSN game to play, and then the next week we report back to you and rank the games in one ridiculous list. The rules are simple: we can't pick the same game. We can't pick something that's AAA, and it shouldn't be something we we're gonna play anyway. If you want to start following at home. We all, I noticed the subreddit noticed that the list is already starting to get outrageous. Yeah, it is. How are they going to do it when it gets serious? You can now go to kindoffunny.com slash 104list. P- uh, kindoffunny.com, a 104 list. Hmm. Spell it out. There you go. Well, the numerals for the zero. You, know, you, you got it. And you can see it there. Currently, the rankings are this. Number one, Darwin Project. Number two, Foxyland 2. Number three, Zombie Army 4 Dead War. Number four, It Came From Space and Ate Our Brains. Number five, Throw Anything. Number six, Earth Knight. Number seven, Graveyard Keeper. Number eight, Eclipse Edge of Light. Number nine, Music Racer. And then number ten, Brain Breaker. One of those ones I always feel like I'm screwing up. Brain Breaker. I can't do it. You know what I mean? Brain Breaker. Blessing. Last week you chose Under Hero. Yes. Tell me all about it. So Under Hero is a 2D platforming RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot like Super Mario RPG. It's a lot like Undertale um, in ways that are both awesome and I feel like also... It, Under Hero compares itself to other games so much that it kind of brings it down. Like it's one of those okay. where it's like... You know, even in the name, right? Under Hero. You look at the at the um, box art, and it is like a cutesy, like you know, you know, fun uh, Undertale-ish looking thing where you play as a guy who's like who looks like a shy guy from Mario, and you start off the game and you start off playing as the hero, right? Like, like the, the, the story of Under Hero is essentially like the story of Zelda where it is like, oh yeah, the story, it's a tale as old as time that repeats itself, right? The hero takes out the villain, right? And then, or the hero takes out like the evil force, you know, every single generation or whatever it is. Uh, game starts, you're playing as the hero and then two minutes in, a chandelier drops, kills you and like a couple other minions and then the game pans to like a minion that saw it all happen who's like a punk minion who's like the, or not punk, but like, like, a weak, feeble kind of minion, and then you start playing as him, and then that's how the game kind of starts, is that you're playing as this little minion who's amongst these, like, other monsters, and um, you are tasked to save the world. Because, okay. like, the real hero got 
killed, right? Yeah. So that's where the game starts. And it's so it's like Undertale's or Undertale's. It's like Undertale in the way that one, you're in this world full of fun, quirky monsters that are like evil, but at the same time they're not that evil, right? They're kinda of like play evil. Um the writing is very Undertale, right? It's like that fun you know, goofy writing, but at no point did I feel like it was, like, as good as Undertale. Like, I posted a screenshot when I first started playing it where they had a line where it was, like, snitches get stitches or whatever, and I was like, that's funny. That's, you know, th- that's up my alley, <laughs> right? I really, <laughs> that's the humor I want in video that's, that's the humor that I want to get from this game, and I feel like it didn't really live up to that, you know, th- uh, throughout my time playing it. You know, by the time I put it down, I was like, all right, that was, it's a, it's, it's a fun it was a fun, great experience, like, writing and presentation-wise. Like, the, the animation is beautiful, all this stuff, right? But it never really hit the heights that it sort of it sort of compared itself to, right, if that makes sense. And then gameplay-wise, it's a 2D platformer, but also an RPG. Specifically, the combat system is Mario RPG. So whenever you run into an enemy, you are then doing a, uh, a combat sequence that is then... You know, on Paper Mario, you... Like, you can choose your move, right? And then you, you jump on an enemy, but you had to time your hit with, like, the jump. You, does that make sense? Right? Like, you get more points. Have you sure. played Paper Mario? Like we said, I only played the Wii one. Oh. And I liked it, but I don't remember it okay. to this level. <laughs> but, yeah, like, essentially there's, like, there, there are mechanics within the combat of Paper Mario that you have to engage with in order to, like, get full points or in order to dodge or do whatever, right? If an enemy comes and hits you or comes and tries to attack you, you then have to, like, dodge it by pressing A, right? That's kind of how Paper Mario works. And this works similarly where... You press like square if you want to use your sword. You press uh, circle if you want to use like your big mallet, like your heavy attack. You can jump if you want to like dodge enemies. You can press R2 to use your shield. You have all these different options that are available to you, but it is like a menu kind of system where you're choosing what you want to do. The twist is with each of your actions, you are depleting your stamina meter and it de- depletes pretty quickly. And so you have to have at least like three, uh, like three in your stamina meter in order to do like a basic attack, right? And some attacks uh, take like six in your stamina meter. But the whole time you're you're managing your stamina meter, and so it's not really turn-based, it's more so like time-based or stamina-based. If you run out of stamina, you're like kind of standing still waiting for it to recharge back up. Um, but then you are uh, reading each enemy to see how they're gonna attack you. Uh, some enemies, well, every enemy kind of has tells, right? Some enemies you'll dodge their attack by jumping. Some, some enemies you wanna counter with a shield. Some enemies you wanna duck under their attack and that's how you kind of dodge. And so, so you kind of learn each enemy, which is fun and which is cool and which is great. Uh, I really like the combat system except for the fact that it, it feels like you're standing around quite a bit, sure. waiting for your stamina to come, to come up, which isn't that fun. Um, and yeah, and, and in that way, right, with this combat specifically, it kind of compares itself a lot to Paper Mario, and I kind of I kind of preferred the Paper Mario combat. Um, gotcha. And then like the actual two D platforming, like the getting from level to level, or not even getting from level to level, but platforming in levels, it's all right. Like it's not it, <laughs> like that stuff didn't necessarily feel mechanically tight enough for me to be like, oh yeah, I'm engaged with this platforming. Like it all felt serviceable, and in some ways they ask a bit more from the platforming of the game than the game is willing to kind of give you, right? Like, there are some levels of platforming that's kind of difficult, and the game doesn't feel tight enough and well-crafted enough in terms of uh, the mechanics of the platforming to really ask that from me, and so I felt I found myself kind of frustrated by that. And so overall, like, the game is good. Okay. Like, the game is fun. The game is good. I couldn't in my mind separate it from all these different games that it takes inspiration from interesting and so that's kind of that kind of was this downfall of it a little bit for me but it's one of those things where like at face at surface value like all the different elements of the game i think are, i think are good i think are fun 
And so okay. that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with it. Okay. Um, I played Mosaic. We talked about this a little bit uh, over the weeks. Is it, we picked it obviously from the PlayStation blog, but then I ran into it on my phone. It turned out that it was an Apple Arcade game yeah. that got ported over, and I hadn't realized that. And somebody tried to, I think it was Charles Jacobson, tried to give me shit about that. Since I never played it on my phone, I never really had any intent to play it, so it still f- qualifies for yeah. our rules, so get out of here. Um, made by Krillbyte Studio, right? The idea here is that you are base. It's very depressing. It, and I think that if I pitched it to you it, just at a base level of like you are in a dead end job where you're just doing meaningless work you're like a drone right mm. and then you start finding color in the world i think you'd almost have an idea of what it is already not to say that it's bad or that's a knock against it but it is this depressingly dark blue gray world you are just an office worker with your white shirt black tie you wake up in your bed every morning and the room's super dark and mm-hmm. you walk in and you can either fix your hair fix your tie and when you brush your teeth you move on to the next you move on to the next thing which is leaving your apartment getting in the elevator every time you get in the people next to you uh, in the elevator move a- away from you and they're in better suits than you right mm-hmm. so it is this like you're an outcast you go to this uh, office building you go in there and do these not remedial but basic job of like you have these it's like this weird space invader thing that they never super explain in terms of how this would be a job but it doesn't matter you're just like building this thing up and making these connecting these hexa hexagon images right or uh uh, mm, circles hexagons you're connecting hexagons to get to the top to get to the goal to move on this is not the game is not about this gameplay Mm -hmm. if anything i think the gameplay being very black and white for the most part, and very you know straightforward. Is meant to show that this is a job that doesn't tax you, right? Yeah, it looks really cool. Like the art style is. It does. It's a beautiful art style. Can you send Kev whatever you're looking at so he can toss it up on the screen? Or yeah. Kevin, you can put Mosaic video game, I guess, and you'd find it probably. Yeah, it's the if you type in Mosaic PS4, the PS4 page will come up, and then you can scroll Perfect. down and, and see screenshots of it. And so yeah, like the whole point of it is like you know you have your phone, and it's this commentary on dead end office work with everybody addicted to their phones. So like you're on like the gameplay mainly is wa- moving you from place to place, right? Going mm-hmm. from your apartment to your job, moving from your job back home, being on a subway, and so on and so forth. And so our character does look at his phone nonstop, and you get the the you know the dings and notifications of hey, you have a new message from work, and it works like if you're you know late three more times, you're going to be terminated. It's all very robotic, like an AI is talking to you from it. But then like throughout the world you can you know download their version of Tinder, and you when you do it and it opens on your in-game phone like. All the, the the women all have the exact same haircut and faceless expressions and blue monotone stuff. And so you're just swiping and it doesn't even matter what you do because it's all about how meaningless this is and how you can go to the news part of it and how worthless the news is in there, right? Yeah. And there's a game on uh, the phone called uh, Blip Blop, which is just an endless tapper, like a cookie tapper uh-huh. or whatever. And like, it, it, what's so well done about the game is making you do the same things in different ways. Because the game is incredibly basic in terms of it's a narrative, right? You're, you're taking this ride through this guy's life to figure out what's going to happen and is he going to break free of the mundane here and, and go somewhere else. Mm. And so with it just being that you can get up, go to work, do these things, you're looking at your phone and you can. he walks with the phone out. So you can keep walking and playing the stupid tap game as you go, which you do because it's increasing levels over here. It's giving you trophies. It's you know doing all these different things in there to keep you staring at your phone, to keep your character staring at the phone and distracted from the world around you, which is also meaningless and shitty, right? And so 
you're tap tap tapping on it and you know just tap tap tapping to get the blip blops brought up and get more blips so you can spell spend them on upgrades to get blips and bops faster and like it's just nonsense mm. mobile game why are you wasting your time like i do with psn trophies right yeah but then you'll be playing the game and you know like if you when you leave your house at one point if you go left you walk to a light and there, it's like you're finally in this high rise and there's like actual sunlight coming in and so suddenly there's color in the world for the first time. And you look out and he gets this colorful like rainbow swirl above his head and you tap X like you've been tapping on the phone game, right? Then he breaks through the glass and he's out there soaking up the sunlight and doing these different things. Mm. And then it's, you know, the, the daydream is over and he's back to his mundane world and you go through and do that. And so these instances of color and music keep popping up and you get these chances to break out of it and see it and feel this push and pull between him of, there's got to be more to life than this, but what is it kind of thing? And then there's mm -hmm. like, you know, so it's it's very much an art game of how much of this is real, how much of this is in his head, how much of it is, uh, is there really like some weird evil corporation going on here? Or uh -huh. is it just his job sucks and he needs to break free and blah, blah, It's all one of those very open to interpretation games, which is cool. But I don't think it ever, from how I'm describing it, I imagine you, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I imagine you get it. And you understand the yeah. game's themes and probably where we're going with it. And yeah. okay, cool. So like, do you need to play that? Like, that was the whole thing. Is like, okay, playing so it doesn't it, like surprise you at any. At no, any point. and that was the thing. Playing through it, I was like, this is pretty. But even from the like the trailer you watch, you're like, I, I get what this is going to be, yeah. and that's what it is. And you go through and like, that's not bad. That's not wrong. That's you know, it's not it's not a huge knock against the game. The knocks I have against the game and probably just the PlayStation Four version, although I still haven't turned on an Apple Arcade. Mm -hmm. Right, it runs poorly. Like, um, it is just walking around, and it'll hitch on stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm playing on a beautiful TV that is great for every other game. Even with the brightness all the way cranked up here, I was having trouble seeing what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. um, like, th when you're doing selections in the phone, especially in the blip blop game, it's hard to tell which one you're on. Like, I had to count it out in my head to make sure I was selecting the right thing I wanted to select. Yeah. Um, those are smallish gripes, but I also don't think this is a must-play by any stretch of the imagination. I think we mm. all know that. Office work is mundane and <laughs> yeah. a bit soul crushing I mean, when you're in a giant corporation. The, the ways in which you describe it kind of remind me a bit of like Florence. Or is, is Florence the Florence mobile is the one? breakup one? Yeah, the breakup one. Yeah, yeah. This just came to switch. And Where it's like, yeah, like Florence. I remember playing on mobile and being like, "Oh yeah, this is like a great game." And at no point did it really surprise me. Like it, t it tells a pretty straightforward story with like no, like no left turns really. Sure, um, but it made you feel. It made, right? Yeah, it made me feel. Yeah. By the time I finished, it, I was like, "Wow, what a great like." And see, that's the thing that, that I don't think this mosaic ever gets to that level. Okay. Like, I feel because I'm like, oh, man, this is super depressing. And I hope he finds happiness and I hope we get to break him out of it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I was like, there's this whole thing where I, Kevin showed it for a second. Like, there's this goldfish character that pops up in your sink and talks mm -hmm. to you and you have dialogue options, which I did not realize in the first go round because it was so dark. I couldn't see the second dialogue option. Yeah. And I don't know what, maybe it was just, I was having a, I mean, I, I've restarted oh, yeah. the game. In the, the screenshot here on the promotional, it says, why do you drag yourself out of bed every morning? That's the, that's the fish talking. Yeah. In the sink. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's crap. the thing is like, that's the interaction we're having Jesus. with the character, right? Where you're moving around and doing it. So it's like, it's again, no means bad by any stress of imagination, but it just never got crazy. And, mm -hmm. This is going to sound like the most Greg Miller thing I probably could compliment it on, but stick with me because it's going to somewhere uh, abnormal. Mm -hmm. I want to compliment it on its trophy list. <laughs> oh, okay. Because the whole point of Mosaic, right, is that why is everybody addicted to their fucking phone? Why aren't you outside? Why aren't we making music? Why aren't we making art? Mm -hmm. Why would you waste your time in this job, let alone in the blip blop game? 
which is just tapping the screen to get the thing. To, then the, the, the number of times you tap it is your currency to then buy more stuff. So you're tapping more and it ma- makes more and it's tap or whatever. And so when I w- got introduced to Blip Blop in the game, I popped it. I was like, oh, whatever. And I tapped it a bunch of times and trophies started popping. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then I was like, what are the trophies? And I popped over. In their game about how much time you waste on your phone and mm. ignore the real world, they put all their trophies into their fictional game within the game. So oh, it, all the trophies okay. are tied to Blip Blob, and they are such, and I can't stress this enough in the best way possible, such a tremendous waste of fucking time. Yeah. Because like their whole fucking point of their game is stop doing these meaningless things, and then PlayStation's like, well, you have to put these meaningless awards on your thing. Yeah. And they're like, fuck you. So go through, and like I'm playing it, and... You know, it's blip blop, right? But then it's called blops. It's at the top of the blops that are the the total number of blips you've made or whatever. Mm-hmm. So black ops, right? Yeah. And so they put in there like as you're doing it and buying all these things and earning more, you're filling in your XP and you can prestige in the game. And you prestige oh. at level 100 uh-huh. on fi- the fucking tapping game, right? And so I was like, okay, cool. And I had started it. And it's one of the first things you can do, you know, in your upgrades is buy it so you have a multiplier on your tap yeah, so say, taps you can like, upgrade the taps right taps start counting like for two cooker. whatever right by the end taps i think we're counting for uh 1.5k like Dude, one tap right this reminds me i, I got really into co- cookie clicker in college right. just like because i'll would, I would play it while listening to lectures which yeah. is the thing that i probably shouldn't have done but no. it did it probably did help me to listen actually because it was like a, such a mindless thing sure but you can then buy the multipliers and at a certain point like clicks would cost like millions yeah exactly <laughs> that's exactly what happens here and you know jen who's uh adept and uh, schooled in the mobile game thing. What, why, what is this? Cookie Clicker the game? I'm like, no, there's other stuff happening. Mm. But, so, you know, I played it all yesterday, right? And well, I beat it all in, in one go yesterday. I mm. think what I'd seen online is like the story campaign itself is like three hours, maybe a little bit less. That sounds right. I got distracted with a lunch in the middle of it. I was doing the blip blop a lot because I was like, oh, well, I'm looking at the trophies and it's like, you know, Normal stuff as it goes, and then it's like you know, gather a million blobs, gra- gather one billion, gather g- gather one trillion, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, cool. Well, clearly, as I get the upgrade going, I'm eventually gonna start getting an obscene upgrade where it is like one count, one thing counts for a hundred thousand. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, granted, it's one point five k times it or whatever, and that didn't happen. They never cheap out on I'm suddenly getting a, a gajillion by hitting the button. And then also when you prestige and reset your level back to one, it resets your multiplier as well. With the exception you get like an overall added bonus now that will I think continue to multiply as you go. Mm-hmm. All that said, I was looking at on the uh, 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 PSN profiles today and it's like over here in the corner this person talking about it is like it takes about 15 hours really? to do all this. Because one of the trophies, right, to make because they want to drive this home, mm-hmm. you are wasting your fucking time. Prestige 10 times. That's awesome. There's one trophy that's called Dedicated, which is blip for one hour continuously. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I, again... Are you going to get it? Is no, the question. no. Fuck no. Not no. even, like, in support of how good the list is? Because it's my thing of, even though I could do it on the side, right, and mm-hmm. I could, like, have it on the thing and tap it here and there, the fact that it resets means that I'm for real putting in another maybe, what, two hours now of work or whatever of doing it, and then to do it and have it reset every time, every time, every time. Uh-huh. Like, and granted, again, I think I, think, I want to say it was a... 50% increase I had. So you assume next time is 75 and maybe 100 and I don't know. Maybe I'll look into it. But like, <laughs> it just sounds outrageous. And I yeah. t- 
totally hats off to them of like, our game has a fucking point. And if you want it for yeah. these stupid reasons, go ahead. But you are missing the point of the fucking yeah. game. It surprised me that you, that you didn't enjoy Undertale that much when you played it. Because like it has a, sim- a very similar kind of deal with its trophy list where yeah. it... Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much. Well, there's also, like pacifist run and like all that stuff. Right? Yeah, there's well, there's different runs that you can do in the game, but like you don't really have to do any of that for the trophy list. Really, okay. what you do for the trophy list is in the PS4 version and probably like all the console versions. I imagine you can go to a certain area in the game that's not found in the original PC release, and basically it's like a dog with like oh, a I, stand. I remember this though. Yeah, because yeah. it was like. People said these trophies would be hard, and like here, here's one. Here's yeah. one. Oh, I got a lot of ideas. Then there's something else. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, and you, you're basically going in, and you're, you're, you're taking the currency that you make in the game, and you spend it at like this, this dog with like a lemonade stand, basically. And you're like buying. I guess you're buying the dog things. I forget exactly what's what's happening. Yeah, but yeah. It's essentially like a gag over and over and over again. And at the end of the day, it's a similar mas- message of like none of this matters. Yeah. This isn't the type of game we're making about trophies and stuff. Like we're we're doing our own thing. But and so all that said, I feel it's maybe a reflection on the game, right, that I think that's the most interesting message it has. Yeah. Like, that's the most, like, oh, I've uh, n- I haven't seen that done this way. Uh-huh. You know, where you're making a game about get off your fucking phone, and then you, the, I have to the, be on my phone in the game. But want to make yeah, all these awards. It's like, that's really cool, right? But yeah. overall, like, again, Mosaic's fine, but in terms of games that resonate with that message and show that thing, and, like, I just think if there's other people who do it better. Yeah. That makes sense. So where do you want to rank these, Bless? Uh, All right, so... For Underhero. Kev, can we get it up on the screen again? Here's my thing about Underhero is that I, I think Underhero does like a lot of great things. I think the art style is awesome. I think the animations are great. I think the music is is great. Um but I think the main issue I had with Underhero is one, it compares itself to other games so much, but then also I feel like it has pacing issues where by the time I like I think the the thing that really cost me to put it down was I got to a boss fight and I almost I almost beat the boss fight, but then I I lost. Mm, uh, and I got all the way back. It didn't even reset me all the well. It reset me to the beginning of the boss fight, and the boss fight felt like it took so long for what the boss fight was. Like it didn't really feel like a boss fight that should should have lasted that long. And that was like the breaking point of like this game takes forever to get to save points. I like don't know kind of what I'm ramping up to. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like pacing could be so much better with being a lot like being a tighter of an experience, given like it trying to be certain things that are tighter like under undertale is such a tight experience right that game is like a five hour long game whereas i i looked up how long it is to play under hero and it was like 13 hours and i was like i don't want to beat this yeah, game yeah. yeah i'm good um all that said it still does such great things that i'll probably put it like probably below zombie army 4 and mm. I, I might even defer to you like you're the one who played it came from space and ate our brains yeah like how do you feel about that game compared to how I've talked about Under Hero? The struggle I have is not doing the Paper Mario RPG stuff, mm-hmm. right? So like, knowing having a school for that combat or whatever. Is it fun to do that? Did it challenge you? It challenged me at times. Overall, it's kind of it was kind of easy, um, and like it's a creative battle system. Like it is inventive in some ways, but I feel like they could have put a bit more polish into it into making it feel a little bit more snappy because at the end of the day the combat system has really has cooler ideas than it does have like actual execution execution yeah yeah i feel like that's the whole thing with it came from space and ate our brains too right where it's like all right cool yeah it's a twin stick shooter Mm -hmm. you're running around you're shooting stuff you upgrade your gun as you go and then you know you clear the level like it sounds it sounds like what you're talking about uh with under hero 
is more involved. Is yeah. more is it's more very detailed. creative, and I you know, and I'll I would give say it, yeah, put it above it. Yeah, because I'll say even um, Under Heroes creative in multiple aspects of it, right? From the um, from the battle system to then like yeah, the world they're building and the characters. Like I'd even mention how like um, like the personalities of the different characters. You you uh, meet up with a hilt, like a magic hilt that has a personality that was originally the heroes, right? But as like the I guess the underhero, you you. Um, take it off like the hero's body and like it has, has it has a whole conversation with you and, and they're like oh yeah well now you gotta save the world you're coming with me all this stuff and they, the hilt teaches you how to fight and all this stuff and there's there's actually interesting and fun bits in there um but i just thought it could have done a bit more but yeah i think number four sounds good for it i'm okay. good with that under zombie army above it came from space and ate our brains yes oh man for me with mosaic i feel like So the problem, obviously, and this is what we'll run into over and over again with this list, is that all these games serve different masters and different purposes. Yes. Right? Like, that's the big question about it. Where, so I feel like when you're comparing them that way, it comes down to would I, where would I recommend this in terms of my own and personal enjoyment of these pro- these games, right? And so Darwin Project st- still sounds like runaway success that, you know, of the, of the list so far, of the <laughs> yeah. 104 games. Zom- or, uh, Foxy Land 2, I feel is as well. Foxy Land 2 still caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Sure, easy trophy list aside. Like, fun game to play. Like, mm-hmm. if you're looking for that kind of Super Mario platformer and wanting to go through and get some secrets, go for it. And then Zombie Army 4 is where we get in that first thing of, like, I yeah. don't really, really like, recommend that to anybody. I mean... I didn't hate it. I, yeah. We had fun. The thing is that I feel like Zombie Army 4 was competent. Yeah. And, like, it was a good time for the afternoon. But, like, it's also, like, you know, it's it's... You could easily put things above it. Like. And that's the thing where it's like mosaic, right? I feel like even though I, I wasn't blown away, I enjoyed the ride. I wanted to see how it ended. And I never felt like, oh, is this over yet? Mm-hmm. Where and I and I granted again like wh- I think it goes to what you're talking about with Underhero where it's like you looked it up 13 hours yeah like well this game could have been done quicker than that yeah whereas Mosaic t- seemed to nail that and so it's like if you were looking if you were interested in Mosaic and what I was saying I would say oh check it out for sure which makes me wonder if I'm putting it above Zombie Army not that I'm saying because even Zombie Army oh that sounds really interesting well it is but maybe I would say try the um the oh like uh, World War Z or yes thank you yeah. I, World War Z was more fun than I thought I think I, I saw I forget if it was Kotaku or Polygon but somebody posted an article that was like Zombie Army, Army 4 is just another zombie game but it's pretty fun yeah <laughs> like, yeah, and, yeah right? it was like yeah that's a good way to describe it where like that Zombie Army, Army 4 doesn't stand out and it's not really special and like that's not to take away from Zombie Army 4 but like it is like a, a fun time yeah right like it's competent it works you know it's good um but yeah, if you're saying mosaic, mosaic goes for more. It goes for more, yeah, and it tells its story and gets out. It does its thing. It's yeah. interesting. You know what I mean? It sounds like it's above Zombie Army. All right, let's put it there. Number three, mosaic. Now, new new top ten is how we'll read them. Of course, you can go, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, to kindoffunny.com/slash 104 list to see the full thing. But the top ten are uh, number one, Darwin Project. Number two, Foxy Land Two. Number three, Mosaic. Number four, Zombie Army Four: Dead War. Number five, Under Hero. Number six, It Came from Space and Ate Our Brains. Number seven, Throw Anything. Number eight, Earth Knight. Number nine, Graveyard Keeper. And number ten, Eclipse: Edge of Light. Blessing. Yes. Are you ready for to pick this week's poison? I am. Of course, we're going to the PlayStation blog where Brett Elston, uh, Elst- Elston, yeah, that's how I said, uh, has put a thing. Uh, somehow, Autobahn Police Simulator 2 back on the list. 
Wow, did not really? come out while we were going when we read it originally. I That's guess. That's funny. Things change. I'm not going to give it the courtesy of reading it again. Bayonetta is finally coming out. We're not going to read that because that's AAA. We're not going to do that. Uh, and while we're here, Bayonetta and Vanquish are out this week. They're also part of a bundle too. I wish I could put Vanquish on there, but we won't. Vanquish is a great game that I should have played by now. It mm-hmm. does not qualify for this. Uh, then we get Bullet Sorrow VR. PS VR. <laughs> you like, you like that box art, dude? You like that box art? The name, the box art, everything about it seems like. Cool. Bullet Sorrow Bullet VR Sorrow. is an FPS VR game which also contains full story single stages to discover. Using progressive bullet time abilities and a bunker cover system, evade attacks and move on. God, that sounds so cool. I feel like I'm going to look it up. That one's going to be trash. Yeah, that, Kevin's got it up. Kevin's pulled it up over. This is the Vive version of Bullet Vive, um, okay. Bullet Sorrow. No, 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 no. no, no. This is fine. Just you, jump uh, to the middle, forward? though. Let me see what it looks like. Oh, no. This seems cool. Yeah, it doesn't look bad, actually. I mean, he's still not shooting anything. Okay. Oh. I'm into this. Yeah, bless that. Actually, looks good. Yeah. Bullet Sorrow. I love it so Who much. Bullet Sorrow. Hold on. Because I keep thinking Sorrow from Metal Gear Solid Three. Sure. The, sure. The sorrow. Who doesn't? You know what I mean? Oh, exa- exactly. Bullet Sorrow is a multiplayer. And yeah, the movement is you point Viking and you VR uh, you point and you teleport. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, All this right. might give Blood and Truth a run for his, his money. Okay, first off, fuck off with that. All right, clearly, <laughs> this is just a shooter. It's nowhere near Blood and Truth. Yeah, but like you can control where you go. DCL the game writes in and says, uh, no, they don't. They don't write in. This is on the the, the, the <laughs> blog. Uh, DCL the game is here too. Experience firsthand the world of professional drone pilot. DCL combines the adventure of free flight with the thrill of high speed racing. Choose between different flight modes that guide new players from novice flyers to professional drone pilots. Do you have what it takes? Mm-hmm. Uh, Double Dragon and uh, Kunini Kun Retro Brawler Bundle. D- Double Dragon does not count for this. Really? really? It's not triple A. Dr- Double Dragon. The retro version of Double oh, Dragon. Oh, it's the retro version. Never We're mind. proud to present you with this compilation of 18 titles from the Double Dragon. In- oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was like a new Double Dragon. Draugen. Uh, Draugen is a single-player, first-person, Fajor Noir mystery set in 1920s Norway. Explore a forgotten coastal village in your search for your missing sister, accompanied by your uh, enigmatic young ward. Together, explore a forgotten coastal community in mm-hmm. rural Norway and unearth the darkness that lies beneath the picturesque surface. surface. That's a cool box art. It is. Uh, Hunt Showdown. Did you know Hunt Showdown was coming to PS4? Because no. I did not. Which one's Hunt Showdown? I think it's like a battle royale that I've, I've heard about for PC. Savage, nightmarish monsters roam the... Oh, I do remember this one. Louisiana Swamps. And you are part of a group of rugged bounty hunters uh, bound to rid the world of their ghastly presence. Maybe not Battle Royale, but that's a competitive game. Hunt's competitive match-based gameplay mixes PvP and PvE elements to create a uniquely tense experience where your life, your character, and your gear are always on the line. I remember this one. I played this this at some show. This was... Yeah, yeah, because when I liked Friday the 13th, people were telling me about this one. Because you're running around doing it, you're like monster hunters, and it is, you're all working together, but you are, like, working for better gear or whatever, or better, I don't know, people are just shooting. I don't know why I said Battle Royale, but yeah, this this game had some some buzz. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, okay. Uh, Katana Kami. Uh, The Way of the Samurai is forged in battle. Play as a ronin during Japan's... uh, Meiji Restoration. Uh, the swordsmith, Dojima, falls into debt, and his beautiful daughter is taken as collateral. Help repay the debt by crafting swords by day and exploring the mysterious, twisting dungeons of the Ipomatsu Cave for valuable materials at night. 
Night and Plus. Uh, it's PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. It lives cross by. Uh, help Sir Loot a lot. Conquer four dungeons by solving intricate puzzles and Luda. utilizing new abilities. Join brave Sir Loot a lot uh, on his epic quest in the little adventure. Uh, explore your explore and fight your way through four dangerous dungeons filled with dangerous traps, devilish pl- uh, devious puzzles, and magical artifacts. Townsman, a kingdom rebuilt, PS4. Welcome to welcome your highness. A vast land awaits you and is ready to be colonized. Send your architects and builders to plan and construct a city and send your craftsmen to cut wood and mine ore. The crown is yours. Guide your people from their first steps in a small village to a massive medieval metropolis. And then Vanquish, as we already said, but does not qualify. Hmm. Is, Vanqu- is Vanquish AAA? Yeah. Platinum, we put them on the map, right? I mean, yeah. Was platinum triple A? It's a, it's also an, a well unknown what makes, thing. What it's makes a it think triple A? I'm expanding it to be like re-releases of games, right? Okay. Like I mean, like we know Vanquish is great. Yeah. I'd be like coming in and be like, we played Vanquish and it's number one on the list. <laughs> Fuck you, Darwin I mean, Project. Under, under Heroes a re-release of a PC game. Shut up! Stop being <laughs> the comments. Stop being the comments. God damn it! I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Fine. Would you want to pick Vanquish? Is that what you uh, want to do? I mean, I mean, I would like to. But I'm not. I'm not going to fight for it. I feel like that is. It's a triple A. Pitch me. I mean, it's like uh, pitch, me, I mean, pitch me on it. Pitch me on picking it. It's not well, no, a, I don't feel like it's fair. Because it's, it's not, not a re-release of no, like. I only want to pick Vanquish because Vanquish looks like a fun game. No, Vanquish is great. Or ha- like is a fun game that I haven't played much of, and I would like to play more of it. But okay. as I don't think it, it qualifies for this. Do you want Nathan Showcat's usual advice on what we should pick? Sure. Nathan wrote into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games just like you can. It says, "Hey, Greg and Blessing, hope you're doing well this week. I've got your weekly recommendations for the 104 PSN Games rank list. So here goes." Uh, Katana Kami has a long, complicated name, but looks like a cool, isometric 3D version of Moonlighter, where you play as a samurai trying to help a blacksmith out of debt in exchange for his daughter's hand in marriage. The Moonlighter similarities and the Japanese folklore got me interested in this one, and I know how much you liked Moonlighter, Greg. We're looking at it right now if Kevin wants to throw it up. Oh, no, this is Katana Kami. This is what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was thinking Dragon. Oh, no, no. That was the other one. So, yeah, it's just some run around, hack and slash here, getting this stuff, killing these guys. And, yeah, you get to come back with a thing. That, that, does sound cool. that does sound really good. And then, as for you, Bless, not sure how you feel about a story-focused mystery with some Lovecraftian vibes, but Draugen looks pretty tight if you're into that and want more of a narrative and a character interaction experience. Oh. As always, there's a Radalika published game this week called Night and Plus, but it doesn't look too bad either if, you're, if you want a little more action and two to three quick Platinums. Hmm. Keep up the great work, Nathan. So who, cho- who chooses first this week? I, every week we forget. Because yeah. usually it comes down pretty clear on what we want. Because, like, last week, I think we pretty much chose at the same time. Because, we had, yeah, we had a clear idea. Okay. Well, three. what do you want to do? You want, we can go... Th- Kevin? I'm, I'm between a couple. Is this Dragon? Yeah. Yeah, can you put, throw it back up? Uh, okay, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it is, like, an, a narrative adventure. Reminds me of uh, Vanishing of Ethan Carter. As well as, yeah. I was going to say What Remains of Edith, Edith Finch. Finch. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah, you're wandering around, looking at stuff, looking at things. See, I'm... I, I liked what I saw at Katana Kami, and I like and I like that it's a Moonlighter with uh, samurais. So Hunt I, I would pick that. Isn't triple A right? Huh? Hunt Showdown doesn't. No, count no, no. Okay. I wouldn't count this triple A. Because I'm between. And them. honestly, I guess if Vanquish was brand new, I wouldn't count it as triple A either. That'd be a double A game. Okay. See, that's that, that, that was a little bit of my thought of it, but like I, I, I wouldn't feel right picking Vanquish. Um, I'm between Hunt Showdown in that VR game. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Spolet Sorrow Bullet VR. Sorrow. Howard! I mean, I did. Th- I did throw anything, which was Howard, a VR game. I mean, you're gonna have it set up again for Firewall. 
On the 26th, right? Is that what the right date? Tomorrow. It feels like it was nine it's, years ago. It's eight, tomorrow. Wait. No, it's, it's, did I say the 26th? I said, I said 20, it's 25th. Why did I think it was tomorrow? I don't know. I think. Well, that would normally be Tuesday, but we're giving a week's. Just don't worry about it. Tuesday okay. the 25th, 6 p.m. In that tomorrow. case, I can make myself free. Okay, good. Oh, I understand then why you had more. Yeah, I was like, well, I, how, do you, how are you this far booked out? Yeah. <laughs> um, IMO, do the hunt. Because I would have done a hunt showdown. I remember being cool. Like, people really liked yeah, it. Yeah, I remember people talking about hunt showdown, which is why it stuck out to me. I'm going to go hunt showdown because I want to try it out. Perfect. Also, multiplayer games are easier to do for this segment because that means I don't have to, like, sit down for five hours through, like, a campaign or whatever. Sure, sure. Um, cool. Hunt showdown. Hunt, show, eh, right. hunt showdown. Katana Kami. Hunt Showdown, that's what's on tap for next time on 104 PSN Games Ranked. Remember, kindoffunny.com slash 104 list if you want to see where they're ranking so far, 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 far. Uh, I'm going to leave it up to you, Mr. Adioya. Mm -hmm. Would you like to do some reader mail? Just one or two questions or the greatest hits? We didn't do the greatest hits last week. No, we, we don't promise anybody anything. No, you know what don't. I mean? They can get it when they don't. get it. I'm going to say let's see the greatest hits. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, we're using 10 of our episodes of PS I Love You XOXO, not in the same order, to rank the greatest games of the decade starting in that there 2010. Uh, so we're going to go through. We talk about our game of the year for each decade. Uh, or no, that's not right. Every year in the decade. You understand what I mean? I'm tired. Each it's decade. been two hours of 15. <laughs> All two of them. For <laughs> <laughs> three, I guess. This yeah, yeah. Now we're in the new decade, so four, kind of. All right. Well, you know what? A million decades. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in 2010, the picks were this. Blacking. Uh, blacking. Blessing picked <laughs> Heavy Rain. Uh, I picked Peace Walker. 2011, uh, I picked uh, Uncharted 3. Blessing picked Portal 2. 2012 was our first unanimous decision. Persona 4 Golden for both of us. And then 2013, uh, I picked The Last of Us. You picked GTA 5. Now, we've come to 2014. That's how time works, right? Because I don't have the year in here anymore, and that's scary. Because that's when I make a mistake. But that's how it's got to be. So that's how it's got to be. Right? 2014. Right? This is such an interesting year. Really? It's a weird year. Yeah, because it was... It, like, th this is my thing when people were talking about... Was it last year being a, a weak year? Yeah, it yep. was last year. People were like, oh, yeah, well, 2019 is not that great of a year for video games. And I'm like, do you guys remember 2014? Because Dragon Age Inquisition won Game of the Year multiple, <laughs> multiple outlets. The competition <laughs> that I, as I have it in 2014 is as follows. And I do want to let people know, I remember doing this sleep-deprived. So if I fucked up and put a game on here that didn't come to PlayStation in that year, I need to be corrected. Blessing, you're on the watch. Okay. I think we got it, but I want to make sure. Yeah. Child of Light, Destiny, Dragon Age Inquisition, Dying Light, Infamous Second Son, Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes, Transistor, Valiant Hearts, Watch Dogs, Wolfenstein The New Order, uh, Dark Souls 2, uh, Shadow of Mordor, Shovel Knight, South Park, The Stick of Truth, and then Last of Us, Left Behind. This is not a DLC. Is that, it is. That well, it was standalone. You can buy it and not have to play the game. Really? Pretty sure. As the words left my mouth, I was like, I think so. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's accurate. Hold on, we're checking. It's been a long time since I had to worry about this. I'm call you out on that. That's fine. I, I don't kidding. mind. Left behind. I, I know that for a fact there's a menu option in the Last of Us game that is left behind Fuck if yeah, you go into it. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Mm. I mean, Last of Us Left Behind is now available as a standalone game. Is it? Okay. But now, but like, was it in 2014? This is where you get in that weird thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, me now you're this? making me doubt. Because mm. I don't think it was, but I could be very wrong. Uh, mm. Yeah, hold on. So here you go. You might be catching me here. Yeah. 
Uh, cash me outside. Um, according to Wikipedia, it was released worldwide for the PS3 on February 14th, 2014 as a downloadable expansion pack to The Last of Us. It was later bundled with The Last of Us Remastered, updated version of the game for PS4. It was released as a standalone pack in 2015. Okay. So no, then 2014 it does not I count. mean, if I wouldn't hold it against you. Because I, 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 it's feel not like, my pick. I'm just putting it out yeah. there as what oh, competition okay. was. Because I, th- I, I think it can still be a pick. Like I, like I don't think. Great game, means, fantastic game. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic expansion. But this is what you're talking about, right? I'm like, ah, uh, a lot of good games, a lot of fun games. Yeah, game of the year. Like what, what, what? Especially looking back now. I have two picks, and I'm, I'm you trying coward. to in my mind. Oh no, I'm gonna, coward. I'm gonna pick one. Okay. I just gotta figure. I gotta so talk it through. Because my first pick, Shadow of Mordor. I, I remember being up. It was my first platinum, as we we talked about yeah. uh, on episode one, I believe. And dude, that nemesis system, like one, the combat system is great, but that coupled with the nemesis system, that system I feel like is still underrated to this day. Like we sure. don't talk about it sure. enough, right? We talked about it a lot that year, but looking back, that system is so good. It keeps it kept combat interesting, like the growth of the enemies after like you after they killed you and they and they became more powerful, like. Being able to work up the ranks and being able to like be like, okay, I'm gonna I want to assassinate this guy so I can allow these other guys to like rise up or whatever, right? Like all that stuff, I th- I feel like worked very great. And I remember, I remember later on, there was DLC I believe that allowed you to like do like these um, combat trial trial runs where you would have to like take out like four of like the leaders or whatever in like a certain amount of time, something like that. I can't remember the exact details of it, but I remember being obsessed with. With actual with the actual playing of that game, like and that's what most loop. people were. Yeah, I remember yeah. That being such a huge that gameplay loop was amazing. I don't remember a thing about the story because <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like Lord of the Rings, but the gameplay was it was amazing. My second pick, South Park: The Stick of Truth, because mm. in fact that honestly that's probably my pick. Is You're slam dunking it in I'm there, right say, there? I'm just gonna say South Park: The Stick of Truth. <laughs> South, Why? It's so good. I mean, one, I'm a South Park fan, but two, I feel like on every single front they made that thing work. Like, if we're talking about, you know, the presentation, right? Like, it looked like South Park. It sounded like South Park. And I know it, it was a very easy thing to say that, oh, yeah, South Park, The Sick of Truth is like a new season of South Park. But it really was, right? It really did feel like you were playing through a whole season of South Park. And not only that, probably one of the best seasons of South Park, honestly. Like, if you look at all the different gags and goofs and events uh, that happened in that game, right, from, like, the boss battle that happened, like, in, uh, like underneath your parents' sheets Dude. to, like, the... Um, dodging your dad's balls. Dodging your dad's balls is such a fun thing to, like... There's a level <laughs> towards the end of South Park, The Sick of Truth, that I can't believe they got away with. Yeah. It's so, like graphic <laughs> i guess is the, is the way to describe it right um the whole you know alien probing stuff like that game is so inappropriate so ridiculous but they captured the spirit and the look and the voice acting and the delivery of south park so well and like even from just like the minor bits of like going to canada and like the art style change sure, yeah. into a different game or you know your you, your protagonist being like a silent protagonist or whatever, right? Being your your customized character, and so they just call him douchebag the whole time, yep. right? Like there's so many different bits that worked so well, and um, yeah, that game had probably that game had very extravagant pacing. Like I was I can't recall ever being bored playing that game. Hundred percent. Um, so South Park: Stick of Truth is now that I'm looking at it, kind of easy. Oh, look yeah. at you! All right, cool. Yeah. I was in a similar boat as you of looking at this list and trying to make the argument for what it is, right? Like, for me, Child of Light, I know people adore it. It never connected with me. Same with Dragon Age. I thought that, you know, we talk so much about, like, now that we're doing this, 
years removed from it. Mm-hmm. You're able, like we, you know, I was able to be like Persona Four Golden, uh, you know, 2012 game Easy. of the year. Shouldn't yeah. have picked Little Big Planet. Shouldn't have lobbied for Little Big Planet for mm-hmm. Vita game of the year that year. Uh, so then, same thing. I was like, do you give Destiny props for what Destiny's become? But then you got to remember, Destiny Year One was so year weak. One was not, yeah, it was right. Not it was great. Year Two that really took it off and got it going. And yeah. so then you're like, there. And honestly, the one I kept going back to was South Park. Mm-hmm. Love Stick of Truth. Like Stick of Truth, I adored. I had such a great time with it. I was a lap star, uh, start uh, South Park fan. Like I think so many people, where it's like, I mean, I know I'm dating myself by quite a lot, but like South Park debuted my freshman year of high school, and Jesus, that was a <laughs> was that like the Christmas special thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god! Where it was like, well, that, no, not like the one they passed around in VHS or whatever. Okay, like, the, the, it was season one of the show. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So like, Thank it, god. like no, not I, I wasn't like one of the Hollywood insiders. They got the fucking VHS tape. Um, wasn't that like available online or something? I forget how that maybe, got out. I don't even remember anymore. Yeah, the I, my my fifty six k modem right I wasn't pulling it down. Um, but it was that you know I watched it like so many other people did in their formative years there, and then dropped off. Would catch an episode here or there, or whatever. And I remember. You know, Matt and Trey, I did a panel with them for this game at Comic-Con. And it was the way they talked about it. I was like, oh, man, this thing's going to be a piece of shit. Because they were so done. They'd worked on it for so long. They were just like so over having to work on this fucking game, right? And I remember going to play it and uh, coming back and be like, that was awesome. I can't wait for more of it. And then getting the final copy and going in. And it, like you said, held up the entire time. Yeah. It was hilarious. And there was sure like... You know, performance hitches of going between the different levels. Yeah. I remember when you'd load, when you try to go, it would always like get crashy. But like the Al Gore stuff, Al, and Al, Al Gore as well. There's so many moments in that game that you can point out yeah. that stick out because they're all so good. Yeah, like and, going to space. I think I said that already, but yeah. like in um like the the ending, like the very last moment where I, is it? How long until we can spoil South Park? I think you can spoil it, don't right? Where it. your character like uh, like talks yeah, at the end, the and you're like, wait, what? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. so good. And it was that was the thing is like I think it was a, a great RPG which was unexpected. It was a great South yeah, Park it game was a which great was unexpected. Parody of Skyrim. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 totally. And that was my other thing going into it. I was like, I'm not even a fantasy guy. I don't know if I'll connect with this. Yeah. And it totally did. It worked. It was hilarious. Did you play Shattered But Whole? Oh yeah. Loved it. I never really got far in it. I think I didn't like the combat system. I think that's what really yeah, held it back for me. Yeah, the problem for me the only problem for me was like at that point the jig was up. Uh-huh. You already knew how good Stick of Truth was, so yeah. it wasn't like you were getting caught off guard anymore. So I went through the entire way. I almost platinumed it, but the Morgan Freeman fight at the end was like so like annoying that I was like, this isn't even worth it. I'm gone. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. The yeah. Morgan Freeman yeah, fight at uh, the end. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah. And it's, but it's the same way of like fra- Fracture But Hole and Stick of Truth I run together of like Jen and I still joke around about the line, which is from the episode, but I had never seen before. But mm-hmm. like when I was playing Fracture But Hole and like uh, the crab people show up or whatever, yeah. and like the guy's like, they, they look like crabs, but they kiss like men. <laughs> and it, it was like the fu- I was in hysterics of how funny that that was. Mm. And like that's what those games are all about. And I think when I look at this list, that South Park, uh, the Stick of Truth is the one I look back the most fondly upon. Mm. So uh, shout out to also to MGS Five Ground Zeroes, which is like a great small experience of MGS Five. But now after playing uh, Phantom Pain, it's it's almost it's like harder to consider. That was I was the, terif- re- the replayability of it is great though. I was terrified because I did not vibe with Ground Zeroes. Really, you didn't? Yeah, and I could. I, it was that thing of playing it then and then comparing it to Phantom Pain and why I like that so much more or whatever. Even Peace Walker, right? It was just like Ground Zeroes. I thought tossed you in the deep end too quickly, where mm-hmm. all of a sudden you were just like I remember playing it and like you come down and you're just like totally visible. And it's like yeah. I understand they're challenging me to get stealthier and yet, but it, like. 
was so like I kept getting my fucking face shoved in shit. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I, I want to like work my way up and be better and like you know uh, sit there and run around and do like it was like getting dropped into a giant ca- uh, ca- uh, canyon. Yeah, where everybody could, like I can't run and lose you the way I want to lose you. I just mm-hmm. didn't vibe with it at mm-hmm. all. So yeah. And then also shout out to. I'm surprised you didn't mention Dying Light because I haven't played much of Dying Light, but I know that you guys really like. Yeah, Dying. Well, I mean, Dying Light it did exactly what everybody wants to do in the spring, right? It came out. Everybody had new consoles. There was a new game. We all jumped in, and it caught you off guard how good it was. But it was the same thing of like, I don't think I beat Dying Light. Like I played mm-hmm. a lot of Dying Light, but oh no, I beat it, but I never came back for the following DLC because they did so much DLC. I don't even remember. But mm-hmm. it was like this is really cool. But it was like cool, and you know, it was catching me off guard, but not locking me in game of the year wise. And I mean, shout outs, sure, Transistor. Shout out to Valiant Hearts. Like I loved Valiant Hearts and stuff. Oh yeah, Valiant Hearts. Yeah, Valiant Hearts is dope. Like there's a there was great stuff that year, and again, left behind uh, whether it's considered or not. Like amazing, mm-hmm. amazing things, but. Overall, a year I would have said it was a weak year. Very weak year. Yeah. Um, bless. Yes. That's our show. Really? We're only at two and a half hours. I know, I know. Hey, I was trying to get you out of here early, all right? Uh, it's fine. It didn't work, though. You know what I mean? But you're, you're committed to the content, you know what I mean? I am. Uh, next, week, or next week, we will do a uh, PSN profile. Don't worry. It'll be back from the dead. Mm. It's going to be Mako Soldier, by the way, if you want to look ahead and talk some shit about him. Uh, I'm going to roll some post-show questions here as well, because that's how we do it. On PS, I love you, XOXO. If you didn't know, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can get your questions, comments, concerns, dream levels in there. Of course, you can get the show ad-free. You can watch it as we record it live. And you can get the exclusive post-show that we are about to do. That was our first review here on uh, Volume 2 of PS, yeah. I love you, XOXO. What's the next one? Is it probably going to be Iron Man? No, maybe. I or when does the last was or Iron Man come out first? Well, How far back do they push Iron Man? I Isn't can never it, remember. they push it back to May? It's when you, it's like for me right now, if you're not in the, like the foreseeable next few weeks, you're just out there. You know what I mean? You're oh, no. Just gone. I don't have to worry about you anymore. I know exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're Googling around for that. Remember, yeah. of course, you can get the show every Tuesday if you don't want to give us any bucks on Patreon. You can get it at youtube.com slash kind of funny games, Podcast services around the globe. The, it comes out May 15th. When was Last of Us? Yeah, out? then it's before Last of Us. Last of Us is, is the end of the month. Oh, end of May. Yeah. So you got plenty of time to get in there and do it. But you'll be crazy. I mean, like, you know. You think Tim Geddes is gonna let us not review Iron Man on his show? You think he's not gonna let? No, I don't think he. I don't think he's that concerned about Iron Man VR. He's a, an idiot. Oh, like a week before Last Was. He's an idiot. Oh, that's another question. Are we gonna review Last Was on this show or on Gamescast or both? Probably. I would imagine we do. That's a great question, Blessing. I like your heads. Spoiler cast on this. It would be Gamescast or, review. I guess Gamescast has spoiler cast now too. Yeah, I bet like that kind of. I bet review and spoiler cast on Gamescast, and then PS I Love You XOXO, more of the news around it, reader mail questions, yeah. like you get your questions answered, all this stuff. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what we do here conversations about PlayStation. Now, how, how much do I have to do we have to get on Patreon to do a Neo 2 review? Me and you, we play to the end of Neo Jesus, 2. Don't we don't, do don't come back into the office. Don't do that to me. We don't come back into the office. We're not allowed back in the building? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. Until we have to play, until Fuck we play how the long game. play it. It'd be six months of <laughs> me playing Neo 2 out there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we already told you all that stuff. We got a post show to do. Until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you.